that girl, it's all women invited. Hell dudes and nails, that Louis Chanel all up in the party. Presidents in my wallet, no rules about it. Blow the whistle for the hottest. I got it. Shorty, it's never too much. Keep me doing too much. Ten to one of me, I can handle that love. Bottles in my reach, we can all get buzzed. Holla, cause I'm free to whatever, there's no rush. Gents, back at it again, baby. Episode 43, what it do? <laughs> oh, it's been a grind, boys. It's been a grind. We are at the end of the we are at the end of the long dark tunnel, I yes, guess. Yes, you can see the light. <laughs> the resilience have made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at 43. Not as many as a normal year, but we had different circumstances this year, right? Yeah, I mean, um I went back and looked. Episode 33 was our last last season's finale. Oh. So only 10 apps this year. Only but you know what? Eps. They were all gold. Yeah, they were good. You know what? Sometimes it's about the quality. Mm-hmm. Not the quantity. No filler. What did Sum 41 say? All, all uh, killer, no filler? <laughs> Is that the album? <laughs> That's the album. Oh my God. <laughs> well, we all know Nigel's a big Sum Yeah, Nigel's guy. a big Sum guy. <laughs> I had totally forgotten about that band Simple Plan until last week. Uh, yeah, Nigel's playlist hit hard. It did. Stuck with a few guys, yeah. It did. Remember that Sum 41 uh, music video where DMX was ripping through the house on a quad? And it was like yeah, a pool that's, party? That's, uh, is that fat cause I'm, or Is that because I'm in too deep and I'm trying... <laughs> no, no, no. In too deep was the swimming pool. When they were at the pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Up above in my head instead <laughs> of going under. That's good, man. That's... Yeah, that, you know what? That wasn't bad. What the hell was the one where they're in the house party? Yeah, that's... um. Is that... Uh, that's not Fat Lip, is it? As a kid, was a skid. No one knew it by name. Crashed my own house party because <laughs> nobody, nobody came. came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's is that Fat, fat Lip? Lip? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Da-da. This is a great tune, man. Grade <laughs> seven, grade eight. Got, yeah, for sure. Yeah, love it. This is the height of our like two to eight, eight and years. Man, I love this too because I my first car wasn't an El Camino, but it was a Dodge Rampage. And for you guys that don't know what they are, look it up. And it's a it's a car truck. Okay. Yeah, like the like the what is it? It's like a Ute almost. Who like, made the Baja Subaru? S- similar <laughs> but not quite. Yeah, it's more like a Volkswagen Rabbit truck. That sounds. It was beautiful. awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> and what happened to it? 
Oh, the fucking thing. The, the heat. There was something wrong with the heat. And, like, I changed the radiator, changed the thermostat, changed all this shit. Still wouldn't heat up. And the part I needed, I couldn't buy. Fine. So I just fucking sold it. And then I saw it online for sale for, like, $1,500 more than I sold it to a guy. <laughs> but I put a sub in it, two six <laughs> by nines, man. Like, I remember I had, like... $320 to my name, right? Like in high school, like, oh, you what have no money, right? Sick rampage. But I bought a sick stereo from Certified Radio on White Ave. Oh, man. It was tight. Yeah, so you couldn't figure out the heat. If only you knew a car guy, hey? I know, and you know what? I mean, it was... It was kind of a piece of shit, too. Like, you know, and I ended up upgrading to a nice 1993 Ford Ranger. Oh, decent. Yeah, it oh, was Ford Ranger. Yeah, it was not bad. Oh, Let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. Episode 43. Episode Troy Polamalu mm. of the BFB. Give it to him. Gotta give it to great him. Great hair. Great hair, great player. Oh, Some of the craziest player. plays the safety's ever made came from 43 on Pittsburgh. Um... Yeah, just obviously he's a stealer, but I still respect the game, you know? I uh, I read a little article and Troy Paul Malu was saying, and it, it was talking about how if Ben Roethlisberger is, is not cuttable, right? And, right, and, yeah. And Troy Paul Malu said, everybody's cuttable. And especially the Steelers, just a factory for production and, and winning, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not doing it, man, they'll find the next guy. Yeah, they I don't was, fucking care. I was chatting with Show Life Shane about it, big Steelers fan, and he kind of had the same thoughts. Like it's it's tough because Ben's been so good to the team; he's been such a vital cog. How do you just cut a guy? You know, because he might be declining, and like if he does want to keep playing, and he doesn't see the signs there, like at what point does the general manager step in? Does Tomlin step in? And say, you know what, like, end of the road, buddy. Yeah, Kind of thing, if, if he can't do it himself, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really tricky when you get, a, you know, a franchise only been with one team kind of guy like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, that's that's a hard question. But um, as the Steelers have shown in, in just recent past, if you're not fitting in, get the fuck up. True. Steelers right. way. Steelers It's not way. like he's going against the way. It's just he's not producing totally. as they need him to. Yeah. Um, we could have also gone with uh, ultimate gadget player in the NFL. Uh, Swiss Army, like Darren Sproles. Mm. San Diego, New Orleans, and Philly. Uh, former Cleveland safety, TJ Ward, the boss. Uh, also played for Denver in one year in Tampa Bay. Hassan Reddick, outside linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals, about to get paid because they declined his option. He's hidden free agency. Former running back for the Cleveland Browns, Mike Pruitt. Former strong safety for Oakland, George Atkinson. Another George, George Aloka, free safety for now Minnesota, formerly uh, the Bengals. Cliff Harris, a free safety from Dallas. Marcus Williams, a safety in uh, New Orleans, famous for the missing the tackle on the Minneapolis Miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Fozzie Whitaker. Running back with Arizona, Cleveland, and San Diego. And current star of the uh, Miami Dolphins, Andrew Van Ginkle, Mm. linebacker. (laughs) Andrew. Yeah, Andrew Van Ginkle, long flowing locks in the back. 
Nice. He's made some huge plays for them on D and on special teams. He's been a beast. Probably because he's eating. My kids are sick. He's mama's cooking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What well, gets you big and strong? <laughs> Come eat this caprese salad. Yeah. <laughs> I put a little bit of arugula on the pizza. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Ma, where's the rigatoni? <laughs> Oh, fuck. Well, uh, our sponsor this week is an actual sponsor. It's an actual person that actually contributed to the pod. The first. The first. That wasn't, yeah. three years. That, that wasn't me or you. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Or a fictional bong that has a persona. Yeah. <laughs> and... And you gotta give it to the guy, man. And that's that's Big Dick Nick. Yeah. Former Regina Vagina, man. And he came up huge for the boys. Yeah, exactly. We opened up his present last week and we are enjoying the fruits of that of that right now. Yeah. Got pre rolls and Yeah, it's just I'm wearing my BFB shirt. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Utterly yeah. amazing. I'm not so. a huge wine guy, so I let Maddie have the wine, but Yeah, and I will be drinking that tomorrow on New Year's Eve by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Chilling. Hooray. <Yeah. laughs> oh fuck. Um well speaking of New Year's Eve, it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be right if we didn't welcome the New Year with without our boy Soy. <laughs> 2020, we all say goodbye. 2021, hello. 2020, we all say goodbye. 2021, hello. Woo! Hello, 2021. Soy was on like a Malaysian uh, (laughs) award show or something just recently I saw on on the feed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's winning. uh, It was a YouTube-based award show. Oh. It was like... uh, not, I wouldn't say influencer, but, you know, YouTube celebrity kind of thing, oh, you know? Oh, God. Is he from Malaysia or is it Indonesia? I thought he was from the Philippines. Oh, he might be I think Filipino. it's that. But you know what he was probably doing? He's he's releasing his new single. <laughs> have you heard it, Gord? I have not. He's a big fan of a certain fruit. I love bitches and I love you because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love bitches. We have to collab with Soy in the new year. Oh, that man. should be BFB goals. You know what? Millions of peaches, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> peaches for me and you, Soy. <laughs> he loves peaches, baby. Oh. oh, baby. Yeah, so nice to welcome in the new year. Obviously, last show of this season. Uh, last show of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we we couldn't go out without, you know, our core guys that got us through this year. Soy, one of them. Yeah, for sure. And another huge contributor to the pod this year was our boy rodrigo yes yeah we had a few ld clips this year as well that's right that's right um, they got us through some LD curb lb yeah your boy leon <laughs> you in the big johnson community yeah the <laughs> big beast. ass johnson <laughs> drag you out of here by your little ass johnson <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck well our boy rodrigo blankenship okay loyal followers of Rodrigo's Instagram account at Rod the Kicker Three already know, but for those that are somehow still in the dark, Blankenship completed a new Lego set on Christmas Eve because the guy's a fucking boss. <laughs> so he sent out on his Instagram account 
I think is that an X-wing? That's an X-wing. An yeah. X-wing Star Wars uh, ship that he built on <laughs> on uh, Christmas Eve. Well, and, yeah. you know what? Big Star Wars guy, big Lego guy. Uh, it's it's good. It's well done. Yeah, it doesn't well look done. like there's any pieces out of place. <laughs> no, not not that I know. But I, yeah, uh, you know what? I I actually quietly fancy myself a bit of a Star Wars guy. My, you know, really? So, yeah, a bit of a Star Wars geek. I heard. Can you confirm this? That I am not. Okay. Um, if I were to just jump into The Mandalorian, yeah. would I need to know stuff from the movies? No. Or I can just watch it independently, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Really? Yeah, for sure. So I've heard people are raving about this year, this season. It's good. I mean, at the very end, you would need to, but the very end. But season one, no. Um, it's It's pretty much its own separate story. So there's like... The first trilogy, uh, which is like Phantom Menace and shit. Like right, Hayden yeah, that's the first little bit, yeah. But those ones in the Star Wars timeline happen first. Then there's like the original Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. And then the Mandalorian is after that, but before the newest ones that have come out. Gotcha. Know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> okay. I do get it. Okay. I would check it out. It's good. All right. Put big, it on the list. Big Star Wars guy. Man, I with my scene points, I got an R2D2 popcorn and <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, I'm not even laughing at the R2D2. It's the scene points. Yeah. So, Cuz you probably still have what? 75,000? <laughs> oh, I'm running a little low. I'm probably close to about 35-40, but I haven't used them in a while. But no, I got, uh, it's like an R2-D2 popcorn and pop holder. So you can fill the top with pop and put a straw in his head and drink from it. And the belly opens up and you can put popcorn in it. Nice. Yeah, I got it in the pool room. Very progressive. Chilling. <laughs> yeah, very progressive. Oh, baby. Okay. Well, Should we get in? into the questions? Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, the first question comes in from uh, Superfan, Bears Rule 6969. Still a mystery it as is to who this is. Uh, I think we have a close idea, but anyways, they wrote in and said, what are your favorite stories of professional athletes doing something stupid on their own time and ending up injured? My personal one is sneezing Sammy Sosa in 04 or Dustin Penner's pancake injury when he was playing with the oil. I, I Both mean, great submissions. I, I think we were just kind of chatting about this. I think the most devastating one was JPP blowing his hand off yeah. with the fire. So you fucking idiot, man. Get one of your flunkies to do it. Yeah, you got. You probably got an entourage that runs exactly. 8 to 12 deep. Yeah, like yeah. get one of those guys to do it. Why are you over there? And the fuck are you doing, man? You don't fuck around with fireworks. Granted, I did just about slice my entire hand <laughs> off with a saw. But... <laughs> That that was a freak accident, not a preventable accident. Yeah. They're different. Freak accidents happen, nobody controls it. Preventable accidents are not accidents, they're fucking mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Man, like, he's probably got, like, a guy to roll his weed and a guy to, exactly. like, fucking manage his calendar and shit like that. Have a fireworks guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you love him that much. <laughs> or you're fucking rich enough, pay somebody to do it. Yeah, nah. Uh, man, yeah, a few came to mind. Obviously, as a Browns fan, I remember when the, uh, I think he was a, a guard or a tackle, Orlando Brown, 
got a ref's penalty flag right in the it went through his helmet and hit him in the eye and uh he got up he was pissed off and shoved the ref to the ground and subsequently got thrown out but unfortunately uh he was legally blind in the eye after it hit him for several years um and he actually missed uh three seasons before he got medically cleared to return and ended up suing the nfl and got 15 schmilly out of it really yeah but it's crazy, like, how weird is that? He, thro- he throws a hold, like, on a holding call or something, right through the face mask, right into his eye. Crazy. Because hmm. those have a pretty decent little weight on them. Yeah, it's like a weighted bean bags. Yeah. Like, like the contents of a bean bag. Beans. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably sand or something like that, but Dude, whatever. no, it's coffee beans. Yeah. <laughs> Crushed up grinds. <laughs> Ooh, love the smell of that plague in the <laughs> yeah. morning. Keeps him awake. Uh, there's also the story of uh, former quarterback Gus Farratt, who, after scoring a touchdown, he slammed his head, wearing a helmet, he slammed it into the wall to kind of celebrate, but then he ended up spending the second half of the game in the hospital because he hit his head so hard. I think like he was he was gone for a while. <laughs> Brutal. Idiot. Moron. Um there's also, he didn't suffer long-term injury, but there's also always that CFL play where Kerwin Bell ran one in, quarterback for the Blue Bombers at the time, I think. Runs it in, crosses the goal line, and he jumps up to spike the ball, but spikes it downwards, and it pops right back up and smokes him in the dick. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck, that was pretty good. Oh. There's a few freak ones. Like, you hear guys slipping in the shower or on home plate. or Yeah, the Trevor Bauer cutting his hand on the drone in the playoffs yeah like come on man i mean granted you know what like there's still normal people they still have to have hobbies yeah but like dude you're in the fucking major league baseball divisional round no he was in the championship yeah yeah and then his finger started hemorrhaging on the field when he was trying to play fuck yeah some some weird weird ones uh I think we covered most of them. Bears fan 6969. Bears fan 6969. That's right. Oh, and of course, Plaxico shooting himself. Yeah, yeah. At the club. (laughs) Because he needed a handgun at the club. I miss the club. Fuck yeah, I bet you do. That's why we chose today, this week's intro and outro music. Mm. What did you call it to? What did you call it when you were uh, amping up for the app? Beating the beat up. Beating the beat up. <laughs> Beat the beat up. <laughs> oh boop, man, boop, boop, fucking boop. at the at the globe. Yeah, man. Yeah, so many girls in here. Where do I begin? Oh shit. Okay, well, this next question comes in from Big Daddy Chris Kirk. In Laney. He said, Andrew went running back, tight end, quarterback, and won. Do you think that has more to do with some injury luck? Or is there something to be said about breaking the traditional running back heavy strategy? For example, Nigel went running back, running back, running back, and then Gregard. Would you, either of you change your strategies next year at all going into the draft? Um, I mean, I think injury luck has a lot to do with it. Because last year, Kittle was as good as Kelsey. And I took Kittle early. Second round. You could argue that Andrews, at certain points too, could have also been compared to those two. Yes. He had moments last year. Yes. So I think... And Waller. Yeah. I think think injuries has a lot to do with it. And I mean, 
not to say Andrew didn't draft a good team because he did. If you look at it, it's good. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to look at his team and go, "Wow!" Like in terms of everybody else in the league, say, "Okay, he grabbed Kamara in the first round, and then in the second round, Kelsey was still there, and then in the third round, Mahomes was still there." Yeah. Uh, but he was the first guy to go tight end and first guy to go quarterback. He yeah. jumped on it early. I don't know. I mean, I think I think fantasy football as a whole is an <laughs> is a crapshoot. It's luck. It's a hundred percent luck. It's sports gambling. It's gambling. <laughs> yes, it's exactly. It's gambling. Yeah. So yeah, you either hit big or you don't. Yeah. And I mean, Andrew hit, and I think I mean, fucking good on him. I wish I could of one you know yeah definitely everybody wants that i think for him he was like especially in this year of all years 2020 where no preseason injuries were running rampant for him to maintain the health of his top six i believe six or seven draft picks for almost the whole season yeah that's is pretty it's, damn it's wild. impressive but also important to his success yeah now in the finals he balled out like, mm. you know, Alvin Kamara has the best game by uh, t- touchdown-wise by a running back since 1930. Like, yeah. you know, like that helps a ton. And then he's got Diggs who had a huge game. And that Kelsey-Mahomes stack was also huge. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, they he came through and, and, and wanted for the kid. And you got to yeah. give it to him. But in terms of... Uh, would it change my strategy? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Because at the end of the day, the running back uh, position is still the thinnest. Um, yeah. The quarterback, yeah, it's nice to have the guarantee of Mahomes, but you can also get, like, I got, before he got hurt, I had Dak in the sixth. Yeah, you know? I, I you drafted Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen in the seventh, sixth. right? Sixth, yeah. Oh, sixth. So you there's those fines out there, and then you look at, like, the young quarterbacks that really stepped up this year. So that pool's just gotten bigger and better mm-hmm. in terms of like Jalen Hurts and who knows what happens with Tua, but Justin Our, Herbert. I don't know. Is Burrow going to be back? Next I don't year? know if jo- Joey B is going to be back, but you know, like that's growing. But, and then you've got the new guys coming in. The Jets might go Justin Fields, mm-hmm. you know, and if they do, that means Sam Darnold's going somewhere. What's Sam Darnold going to do on a capable team? Yeah. On with a capable, a capable team? coach. I think he'll be good. Right? So there's that. And then obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. He's easily going to be draftable. So quarterbacks are getting deeper. Wide receivers have always been deep. And tight end is tight end, right? Like unless Kyle Pitts comes in and a bunch of rookies step up, it's going to probably be the same for a little bit here. Um, So, yeah, I don't think it would change that because I think running back is still – gold in yeah. fantasy i mean it depends like it depends on the league you're in it depends on a lot of things you know uh if you change the rules on everybody an hour before the draft <laughs> and you make them draft two quarterbacks quarterbacks are becoming highly you know more valued big time big so time. Yeah. um it depends on the league but i i don't know if i mean <laughs> i'd be lying if i said i'm gonna change my strategy because <laughs> yeah. i don't even know if i really have <laughs> so, one yeah. anyway so you need, yeah you need to find a strategy before yeah. you exactly exactly yeah so no i think running back will still be of utmost importance to me but that that being said you kind of watch how the draft falls Mm -hmm. i mean if you can get two really good running backs and you know just depending on where you draft there's a solid tight end or you know wide receiver or quarterback you snag them right yeah you almost 
you almost have to take the best player available sometimes, but not always. What what happened always. in the year you took Rodgers? Like when you had well, I didn't like pick no till the picks. fourth. Yeah, I had no picks. Um, so that I I screwed myself, and you know what? I kind of picked the best player available this year. I thought, and it did not work out. So, but right. I took a I took a gamble. I took Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first. I shouldn't have. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, a few things just didn't pan out. If that would have worked. You know, after the first week, after he scores like 25 points, I was like, oh, fucking right, man. It's fucking sweet. And then the next week, he gets like four. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you got to start him. You know, like. You have to. You've invested that draft capital. You're yeah. not sitting your first rounder. No. Uh, but, you know, could have, would have, should have. Could have, would have, should have. That's what life's all about. <laughs> exactly. Could have, would have, should have. Oh, Should fuck. we hit that question from Scott? Yeah. Um, I think he sent it to both of us. Yeah, I think so. But uh, he just said, question for the pod. Um, what do you think Nigel's punishment should be? And, um, you know, I thought about it, but I, I honestly don't know because it's tough when they're, you're like buddies aren't like in the city with you. You know what I mean? Like he's literally going to have to do the punishment by himself. Yeah. And if he's lucky, his wife will film it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, it does add another factor to it. It's so, you know, if you're doing it on your own, you don't have the moral support of your buddies. Like, I don't know if it were me. Obviously, I would hate busking to begin with. It was, but it, busking with with on your on your own without anybody there to to cheer you on and be like, you know, like in the grand scheme of things, this is kind of a joke. Ha ha ha! Yeah. Would have been brutal. Oh, like, it would have been terrible. Uh, man. If I would have had to do it like legit by myself, like that was a fun day. Yeah, it was a great day, and that's what I think the punishment should be. Like I a celebration, a celebration. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they should be so torturesome. Like, yes, you have to get embarrassed a little bit. Yeah, you you know, but like. Yeah. Man, 24 hours in McDonald's in St. Louis? Yo, he wouldn't come out alive. Dude, he might be in Baltimore now. I, Same even thing. worse. <laughs> Answer doesn't change. Oh, man. Uh, well. Just ask Kenny Powers about his time in Baltimore. <laughs> La, La Flama Blanca. La Flama Blanca. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, there's ones that are just, like, mean. Like, there's the wax where you can like wax your legs or your butthole or mm. whatever. Like that's one and done punishment over, you know, no big deal. Uh, a couple at first I thought like, Oh, just make him wear his, his fucking black belt with every outfit. <laughs> 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 he earned it. Um, but no, I thought, you know, the guy's got a actual legit profession and you know, a life to live. So I thought maybe these two, two things would be good. Um, the first one is the Walmart greeter, where he would wear a pair of khakis, a navy blue golf shirt, a mask, obviously, <laughs> and perhaps a vest, and just walk around Walmart, not as a paid employee, but just offering customers assistance to, <laughs> find, to find things. So if they need help finding the tissue paper, Nigel will help you. Maybe he'll stand at the door and welcome you into the store. But it would be like... Hey, a, sanitize your hands. Yeah. But I was thinking like a two-hour shift, because obviously they would catch on pretty quick, but like maybe like an hour or two at two different locations. Yeah, that's... And get it filmed. That's pretty good. Greeter. That's... So Walmart greeter. And then the other one, I originally thought puka shells for a full year, but... <laughs> I thought maybe instead a necklace with a locket where Andrew's, <laughs> with Andrew's face inside. 
would be a good punishment that he would have to wear for a full calendar. That's not even that bad. Right? No, That's... but like you, it, like there would be rules. Like you can't tuck it in; it has to be visible. <laughs> <laughs> now the puka shells. Now that one would be bad. That one would be bad too. Uh, for a full year, man. That's a little too much. I would say even like three months. Three months, but they wouldn't be summer months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from November to February. Yeah. yeah. But no, I thought like those would be pretty good. It would be a you know, funny. Those a few of them last long, but I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what and where Andrew takes it. I liked I mean, I was in the Flyers League, it was it's I it was either Robbie or I who was gonna have to pick uh Bacon's punishment. And I, I really liked the SPCA idea. And making them go clean kennels. Yeah. Because that's not only shitty, literally. You're helping out your local animal shelter. Yeah. Giving the fucking tired 20-year-old girls a fucking break. Because that's all that works at animal shelters. <laughs> and, you know, it's giving back to the community. Giving back bit. to the community while having a bit of a humiliation. But not even. But not even that bad. Because, you know what? Bad. It's admirable from afar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Two shifts, eight hours ago. Yeah, 16 hours total, I yeah, think, would be good. Something like would, wouldn't be service. bad. That wouldn't be too bad. Or maybe go make them pick cans and ditches or something <laughs> like that. That would be funny, too. Just the guy on the side of the road. Fuck, maybe clean up the highway on the way to Seba. <laughs> yeah. You know, chip in a bit, Bakes. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe that RCMP officer that found that little precarious <laughs> item beside the road would help him out. Yeah, exactly. Fuck, that's funny. Oh, man. There was also earlier, I think it was this year or the year before, we talked about the punishment where the guys made their buddy dress up as a cat and then go see cats in theaters. Yeah. We I was thinking, like, we could make Nige dress up as Wonder Woman and go see the new Wonder Woman flick. Oh my I don't God. even know if theaters are open, right? No, they're so, not. We should just make Nigel shave his mustache. Yeah. I was thinking that if Kellen ever loses, it's going to be shave your head. Kellen for sure. I don't think it would affect Nigel as much. Kellen would... Kellen would lose a bit of himself. Oh, man, that's a tough one to make. <laughs> Shave a guy... your head? Not a big deal. I'd be scared mine wouldn't grow back. That's a very real threat. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, man. Fuck. I don't have those thick homeless locks like Kellen does. Oh, man. Yeah. Your hair's getting long too, Maddie. Yeah, I haven't had a cut since February. Really? Yeah, it's been a while. It hasn't been this long since I was backpacking. I know. It's not bad. It's not bad. I don't mind it. Uh, you know. Yeah, I, I did a long hair Kind of like a fat Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a Zach Galifianakis <laughs> with long hair. <laughs> Dude, I did a reface uh, that if you guys haven't checked out the reface app, you can superimpose your face onto a GIF. They all know about the yeah, reface Yeah, of course. App. Well, you know, we've got lots of listeners. We don't know. Where do the where do the 45 downloads come from? There are only 12 people in each pool. Yeah, that's so true. Who's listening, right? Uh, anyways, and I did one with Zach Galifianakis. You couldn't even tell the difference. Couldn't tell. No. Couldn't tell. Just a blend. Like when I did the one and it was Steve Buscemi as the homeless guy, but it was me. You couldn't even tell no, the difference. No, couldn't even tell. <laughs> Same facial hair. Yeah. Captain Morgan. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Well, I have got one more question on my list. Uh, do you got any? I got I got one. Okay. Um, you know what? Since we were... We were just talking about Andy, kind of, right? Okay, yeah. Um, the Rundle Park Yeti writes in. Mm. And uh, he says, well, boys, 
season has come to a close. Um, sorry I haven't wrote in as much this year. Uh, with COVID hitting the park, um, all the rabbits and squirrels have been working from home. So <laughs> yeah. it's tough for the old Yeti to get food every night. So mm. he is battling out there. Preach. You know, not as much squirrel traffic, not as much rabbit traffic. Nope. Um, the coyotes, you know, they're hunting for food too. They're getting a lot meaner, harder to take down by himself. It's, yeah. it's hard out there for a kid. Yeah. Big time. Um, but you know, just less to go around for the Yeti. Okay. Um, but his questions for both of us. Okay. Um, and it talks, you know, kind of about riches and, and, and the riches that Andy just, just came into. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says with Andy flaunting his wins, um, all over different social media platforms. Did, would you say this is acceptable behavior? <laughs> or or do you got to go with more of the, the mindset that you got to act like you've been there? You got to act like you've been there before. Yeah. Okay. Wow. The Yeti. The Yeti's a big follower. And uh, he, he just says all the best in 2021. Thanks, Yets. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, there's been a media blast, that's for sure. <laughs> and and you know, I'm I'm just happy. I I was kind of trying to keep Andy on on yes. a peg, on yeah. a peg down. Yeah, commenting on not one but both of his Facebook posts <laughs> about his wins. Yes, you commented on both. Yeah, I commented on both. The one I said, even a blind squirrel gets a nut, which I, I will reiterate to Andy a yeah. little later in this episode, actually. Yeah. yeah. And the other one was a, a Graham Dick quote, and it said. You see the same guys going up the ladder as you do on the way down. And that is words that have never rang truer. Very true. Um, so, you know, I mean... Now, I'll play devil's advocate just just for a moment. He has been the most vocal in the group chat from the start of the season. True. So, I'll give him that. Um, but I also will caution him uh, <laughs> to let him know that Big events in the N40L don't get forgotten. No. You can ask Stuart Swanson, who had to write an apology letter <laughs> to 11 other people, 11 other men, yeah. if he forgot that, you know? Yeah, that's uh, true. So I just, I would tread lightly, um, yeah. given the fact that there's been two Facebook posts and Instagram posts, a couple posts in the group chat, and I'm pretty sure I'm, uh, there's going to be a single dropping within the week uh, on Andrew's <laughs> record label. Uh, about his win but uh, yeah i don't know i just like obviously he's got to celebrate everybody celebrates right it's nice and we gotta rag on him a bit gotta rag a bit yeah um you know and it's crazy like it's just that the whole week lined up for him in such a nice way Mm -hmm. and like it's not even that like chris had a bad week like he put up 120 125 points yeah just andrew no man crazy so when the the dice are hot, the dice are hot, Andy, and you had a good win. So, yeah, you know what? Exactly. Flaunted a little bit, walk around the ring, put your belt on, but other than that, yeah, you know get what? out of here. Well, <laughs> you know what? And maybe he's seeing it more as like, hey, I'm the 2018 Washington Capitals, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Ovi's been waiting so long, he's fucking doing fucking beer, uh, like shotguns in water fountains and then go swimming in them and shit. Like, maybe he's like, you know what? I've worked so hard to get here, let me just uh, have the moment. But then there's also the other guys, like, you know, you get, like, the LA Kings or the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, they've been there before, you yeah, know? Yeah, gotta act like you've been there. But yeah. Gotta give Pat, them a hard time. Yeah. Pat Kane's not walking around shirtless anymore. Right? Yeah. <laughs> J.R. Smith? Yeah. Put his shirt back on. 
Uh, fuck. Did you ever see that J.R. Smith no shirt shirt? <laughs> so it was it was like a t-shirt with like J.R. Smith's body printed Ooh. on it. So like you could put it All on. Tatted up. Yeah, you yeah. could put it on and look like you were. I mean, it would be funny if a white guy had it on. But... <laughs> fuck, that is good. J.R. Smith no shirt shirt. The no shirt shirt. Yeah. Shit. Uh, well, it's funny that you got a letter from the Yets because I got a note from uh, the Northern Alberta black bear. And he kind of reiterated what you said about it being a tough year. He writes in and says, well, 2020 was quite the year for everyone. And the difficulties certainly didn't skip our cozy den down here in Rundle Park. Not only was money hard to come by, but the food options were scarce. In fact, there was one week where the only thing we had in our cupboards were skunk tails and magpie wings. Not the most filling of options if you catch my drift. To make matters worse, it seemed like the Yeti and I were always at each other's throats. He always leaves his chewed up bones laying around, and I always track mud and snow through the den uh, with my massive skis. But you know what? I'm no better either. I'm always nagging on him, and he's finding ways to fault me. It's really a back and forth. Luckily, we had a sit down to clear the air, and I've agreed to start 2021 on a positive note. This way, I can see him more as a Ned Flanders instead of a snake or a Jimbo Jones. (laughs) So here's my question, fellas. If you had to describe your fantasy football season as a character from The Simpsons, who would they be and why? (laughs) I know mine right off the hop. Mine would be Old Gil. (laughs) I knew you were going to pick Old Gil. Oh, Old Gilly. (laughs) Old Gil. Let him get this one. But I never did, man. Never I was just did. Always a day late and a dollar short the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> right from the fucking get go. I mean, I won week one, and then after that, it was honestly a battle. And right at the end of the year, I had that very <laughs> slim chance. Yeah. Like ma- not mathematically eliminated yet. No. And I honestly but was hanging on. A lot to of it. things needed to happen. Yeah. And um, yeah. But see, I think that's almost worse because it gives you like, oh, it almost worked this year. Better keep doing the same thing next year. <laughs> Old Gilly's going to get yeah, through, through this time. Gilly's going to get this sale. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, it's funny. I actually uh, thought like obviously an- obvious answers were like Ralph or Chief Wiggum. <laughs> I thought Chief Wiggum for a little bit. Maybe the comic book guy. Yeah. Or uh, Grandpa Simpson because he gets quite angry. But I landed on um, Kirk Van Houten, uh, Milhouse's dad, <laughs> because nothing ever, ever seemed to go my way. Career day here to tell you about his job is Bart's friend's dad, Kirk Van Houten. How many of you children have gone out to your car and found a flyer on the windshield? Are you the guy that puts him there? No. I'm his assistant, but one time he was sick and he let me do it. I totally screwed it up. And um, that, that's it. I see. Well, we uh, still have 56 minutes left. Any questions? <coughs> do you know Mom's getting remarried? What? But she... I, um, I think we should probably talk about that later, son. No, you might as well talk about it now. <laughs> Just fucking couldn't catch a goddamn break oh, this year. Man. Fucking Kirk Van Hooten. Kirk. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. I was definitely old Gil, though. <laughs> like, 
to a T, man. To a T. <laughs> Just scrambling. Just scrambling. Put trying to put it together. Doing odd jobs here and there. <laughs> trying to make a buck for the old lady. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Maddie just spilled a bunch of whiskey on his phone. Oh, she's resilient. Don't worry. <laughs> oh man, old Gil. Old Gil. I wish I was more like an auto or like <laughs> Duffman or something yeah. like that. I think Duffman's actually secretly sad inside. Yeah, Duffman. He's all just like, oh yeah. <laughs> no man, I don't know who I'd who would I want my team to be. Hmm, that's a good question. I would probably want my team to be, um, fuck, what's the anchor's name? Ken Brockman. Ken Brockman. <laughs> Always there when you need him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, Either that, maybe Reverend Lovejoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. this fantasy week's not gonna help you. Oh my god, that was actually really good. That wasn't bad. Oh man, yeah, I feel like I just get angry like Grandpa Simpson all the time with my team. Okay, well, um, it is the year-end show, so before we jump into pass it around, we have. Our new annual tradition, second year in a row. Yes. So is first year was inaugural. Inaugural. What's this year? Just the second, second. year. <laughs> Just second year annual. Second annual. The second annual bully awards. That's right. Looking for a oh. Oh. <laughs> Teddy. Teddy. <laughs> Y'all fucked up, Ted. Yeah, so the bully awards, we wanted to start this last year and we thought it was a pretty cool tradition, so Without further ado. get into it let's celebrate the year it was in fantasy gordon 30 minutes of <laughs> award show music if we wanted <laughs> it's nice to know the options there oh man so the, the 20, bullies yeah the 2020 bullies we I have i'm lighting one for this let's let's thank you nick yeah thanks nick um so this apologies Ooh. Should have timed that a little bit differently, but whatever. Oh, whatever. Uh, this this se- award season. <laughs> <laughs> there's the ESPYs. <laughs> there's the Grammys. Yeah, the Emmys. Emmys, Tonys, Oscars, and the Bullies. But yeah, the Tonys. Probably the only one you tune into. Hey, Broadway's. Broadway's, Broadway's live live show. actions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gotta know if Dame Judy Dench won a role for won anything for a role in Cats. Oh my god! Mm. Yeah, Joey Tribbiani. You know he missed that missed the cut last time. You know who's in? There's a new movie. I don't even know what its name is. I think it's on Netflix. But that fucking guy, James Corden. It's a musical. He's in it. You know that guy that has a late night show? He oh, has the carpool British karaoke. Guy? I hate that guy. Oh man, I can't stand that no, guy. Oh man, I'm Brit like my parent like my dad is from the United Kingdom. I hate that guy. Oh, he annoys the fucking shit out of me. He is Matt's irrational hate for Ooh. this episode, for sure. James Corden. I irrationally hate that guy too. Yeah, let's. Loser. Okay. So the six categories in the bullies this season this yes. year are 
MVP bully, rookie of the year bully, best value bully, letdown of the year bully, breakdown breakout fantasy star bully, and comeback fantasy player bully. Mm-hmm. So where should we start? Um, should we start at letdown bullies? Mm-hmm. Let's get the negativity out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Gordon, you got your tucks on, <laughs> your fucking ducktails, top hat. I got my monocle, which I actually need because I only have one bad eye. Perfect. Yeah, Matt's got his cane and his white gloves. <laughs> That's right. Don't want to get <laughs> and these dirty. And he just passed go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to click your 200. Mm. Okay, uh, let down. So the way we kind of structured it was we each kind of listed our own five category. I didn't have five in every one. Okay. Mostly. Yeah, we listed our own options. We'll each list them and then we'll pick the winner out of those five. Yeah. It, for that category. Um, just a, a side note on my strategy. I tried to, I tried my best not to have repeats in categories. So there are guys that fit, but I wanted them in other categories. Um uh, for the awards i overlapped because i feel like you got to give credit where credit's due true okay so letdown of the year bully i have as my five nominees clyde edwards allaire chris godwin todd Gurley the second juju smith schuster and marquise brown Mm. i purposely left out all the injuries obviously saquon and christian mccaffrey joe mixon george kittle odell galladay uh, all these guys have battled injuries all year. I know Godwin did a bit, but uh, I, wa- I didn't want to pick on them for that. Um, so I'm going to be giving this letdown of the year bully to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Simply for the fact that he came in with a lot of, uh, with a big wave of support. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys back in. There was talk at some points that, hey, do you go bold and do you take him first overall? Well, holy shit. Um Obviously, McCaffrey was hurt, but Alaire does not deserve that honor. No. Um, big things were expected, and big things did not happen. No, it didn't happen. I mean, he, uh, I, I drafted him. I drafted him like seventh, I seventh yeah. you know, which is late first round. But I honestly thought I was going to get a pretty good deal out of it. And mm-hmm. uh, it didn't work out. You know, I should have drafted Devontae Adams. <laughs> you True. know, yeah. like, and, and, well, it bites you in the ass, bites you in the ass, right? And then you yeah. come in second last. Um, way she goes. Uh, my my letdowns. I did include guys that were hurt because it's it's huge letdown, and it's not because a letdown doesn't have to be at a fault of your own. True. Yeah, that's right? a good point. You know what I mean? The letdown doesn't have to be at a fault of your own. Right. Yes, you were upset that the player got hurt. It sucks, actually, for the player the yeah. most. <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, but. You know, I mean, if you draft a guy like run CMC in the first round and he plays three games, that's a letdown regardless, right? True. So, yeah, good point. A very good point. Um, My biggest letdown, though, was another guy that I had drafted, and that was <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Because I honestly thought, you know, the Jets have to figure this guy out. And then... It, it didn't happen. You know, obviously everybody knows the stats about... Uh, Bell in New York, and it's bad. Only had like one or two 15-yard runs the whole yeah. the whole tenure. Yeah. Then he goes to a, a team like Kansas City, who isn't really getting the production out of Hilaire, but he they don't play that game. Why do they need to 
to run the ball when you got Mahomes and Kelsey and True. Tyreek Hill catching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just fucking they just tossed the rock. And so it, it was a letdown because guys are hanging on to him, you know, and like he's hard, like, you know, he's not a starter in, in KC though. And then no. it's a guy you drafted maybe He's a fancy name backup. Yeah, that you've spent a high draft pick on. Right? Especially when you have Alaire also on your team. Like, totally. that is a tough like, one to swallow big time. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, yeah. I, I agree with your point earlier that you said, like, it's a letdown regardless injury or not. So, I guess to that effect, guys that own Christian McCaffrey. I think the, the hardest thing with McCaffrey was it was he was hurt. Oh, he's coming back. Mm-hmm. And then another injury happened. Oh, he's recovered from that one. Oh, another injury has happened. Another setback, and that's the most frustrating part. Mike, Mike Thomas, you could say too, yeah. Because I mean, yeah. he got hurt week one, yeah, and then is hurt, hurt, hurt. Then he gets suspended. Yes, yeah. Then he gets hurt again, and he he played two games for me in my money league. And exactly. And the yeah. thing is, I have to keep him. And we talked about it earlier in the episode where we talked about valuing running back earlier in the draft. Sometimes, if you don't, it pays off. If you get a guy like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, it really doesn't feel good when it's a guy like Mike Thomas this year Mm-mm. and you pass over all those premium running backs, a Dalvin Cook, for instance, to take him. You know, yeah. so so that that is that's a tricky one too for sure. So yeah, Mike Thomas would be high up there as well. Um, moving along, let's let's talk about best value. I was thinking best value. Best value well. bully, I think. What uh, what were your suggestions? My nominees, my five guys were Mike Davis, T. Higgins, Aaron Rodgers, simply for the fact he was going usually past the tenth round, James Robinson, and Cole Beasley. Bars. Bars Beasley. Um, who who'd you pick? Uh, in a bit of a surprise for best value this year, I am going to go. And only because I have James Robinson winning another category, I'm going to go T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the time that he was, when <clears> both, <throat> when he really was coming on around week six, seven, eight, and Burrow was healthy, that there was a five game period right before Burrow got hurt where I think if you look back at it, Higgins' point production was in the top 20 wide receivers. Yeah. So for a guy that you can snag off the wire. As a rookie, to give you that kind of value, uh, I think it really, really bodes well for future. Um, for the future with T. Higgins, I think he's a guy on the come up. Uh, and really, I mean, like you could argue a lot of different guys. Best value, if if you're a guy that had CMC and you lucked out and you got Mike Davis as his replacement, well, that was huge too, yeah. right? I don't think there's a guy undeserving. Aaron Rodgers went super late. James Robinson, if he was drafted, it was in the 15th, 16th round. Totally. Incredible value there. And then Beasley was kind of hanging on every wire available, but was quietly in the top 30 wide receivers in the league. Yeah, you know? he was. So a lot of value to be found this year. And if you look at that out of the, that list that I put together, two running backs, two receivers, one quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Um, I had James Robinson as well. He, he was my number one guy because he was a player that was drafted. Big time. And late. Yeah. Late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15th round. Um, you know who else was quietly a bit of a best value guy this year? is Tom Brady. Because he had, had more be often than not, a better game. 
he had yeah what that one stinker where he only got like eight nine points or something yeah and the next week he got 35 right it kind of drafting him late yeah exactly if you had the patience as he worked through the kinks in the yeah. first few games getting to know his receivers getting to know the offense getting to know bruce arians um yeah you were rewarded he was mm-hmm. he was you know tom terrific as we've come to know yeah Tom yeah. terrific um i did think josh allen was um a bit of a good value i mean he was a middle round pick but he was a hell of a player for for guys this year yeah extremely, extremely it, he was a player. must start yeah obviously yeah he's he was unreal i think a lot of fat he was on the come up last year kind of mm-hmm. figuring it out he's really put it together this year obviously that division is the buffalo bills division now totally they own it um you know in trading for oh, there it is that custom <laughs> crack uh that digs uh totally. trade worked out huge brandon bean goes out he signs colt beasley from dallas like it's crazy to think what the buffaloes could be if they figure out how to get their running game going yeah yeah because you know is it singletary or is it moss whatever who whoever it is get one of those guys going and figure out a way to pound it because an already dangerous offense could be deadly yeah like, oh yeah for sure you and know they got a good defense too yeah exactly if if we're looking for a team to really give the chiefs a run for their money in the afc i think it's the bills it's the well. bills it has to be right man imagine being a bills mafia guy dude growing up in western new york <laughs> yeah fuck. <laughs> fuck western new york man okay uh what's our next category comeback comeback fantasy bully who you got it's a tough one i mean there's lots of guys that didn't have great years last year or weren't consistent um stefan diggs i think he had a great comeback year tough one kirk cousins is the one throwing you the ball and you've got adam thielen across from you yeah. but cole bars beasley it's great through the slot you know what i mean he's ta- taking targets away from diggs but diggs is every the third man. every third down Beasley's yeah. the guy they look to. Yeah, but exactly. Diggs is the man. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he had a, a great comeback year for for fantasy owners. Yeah. Um, Ryan Tannehill, from a guy who was on the bench last year to halfway through, then became yeah. a starter, had a few good games last year, but put up a few stinkers too. This year, pretty damn consistent for fantasy owners yeah he he had a quietly a, a really decent season a really reliable season exactly he had a couple tough ones but yeah so does everybody exactly um and then i got robbie anderson a guy who probably got picked up off the wire or maybe drafted really probably drafted late, later late rounds round. yeah and um he quietly was like top 15 in points for for wide receivers yeah. so and you know, and that's the thing, streaky, right? That's kind of been his mo since he became a pro. Mm-hmm. But going to going to Carolina, reuniting with Matt Rule when they they were together at Temple, like that was huge for him. Yeah, that was oh, yeah. a massive step. Yeah, yeah. Um, who do you have? Um, for comebacks, my my five uh, uh, nominees were Miles Gaskin, um, who was drafted in the seventh round. 20th in the seventh round uh to what he did this year obviously he was hurt for a bit but he had just under 600 yards rushing um really brought it i have nelson Aguilar, who seemed to find something in in vegas with uh gruden and the raiders 
Corey Davis, who the Titans and Titans fans have been waiting years for this mm-hmm. guy to pan out. Yeah. And now he does it in his final year. He's a free agent this se- this season coming up. Interesting to see what he does. I personally would love to see the Browns take a shot at him. <laughs> if I'm, it, you know, I, I have a feeling Odell won't be around, but if Corey Davis is out there, I would pair him up with Landry. That's who I would target. Yeah. If they move on from Odell. Or they should move on from fucking Landry, but how many years has he got left? Uh, he just, I thought he resigned with a long-term extension. Oh. I have to look at his contract. Why would you get rid of Landry? I don't know. Is he getting the production? How many touchdowns has he got this year? He's never been a touchdown guy, though. He's been more of like that possession third down slot guy that you need. And I would argue that his chemistry with Baker is better than the chemistry Odell Odell has. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And Landry is consistent. I'll get to it in dank stats, but man, that guy's an Iron Man. (laughs) An Iron Man unless fucking Charles Charleston comes ripping around. Yeah. (laughs) Enforcing COVID rules, breaking Iron Man streaks, motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, My other two nominees... (laughs) Are David Montgomery and then Stefan Diggs. And my ultimate winner for comeback fantasy bully of the year is Stefan Diggs. Yeah, my Not that he too. had a lot to come back from. He had a great year in Minnesota the previous year, but definitely way more consistent. Top of the league. Hard to ignore what he's done. He's oh, my comeback absolutely. bully. Uh next one. Let's go with Breakout Fantasy Bully. Mm. My five nominees were DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley. Justin Jefferson, Darren Waller, and Nick Chubb, with an honorable mention going to Jonathan Taylor. And my overall winner for this award for Breakout Fantasy Bully is Calvin Ridley. He came into the season, people were hyping him up. Yeah. And there's been a lot of seasons where that's happened and it fizzles. He showed up almost all season. He had one or two games where he was a dud. But he was very consistent. He took over the number one role with Julio battling injuries to the point that now there's rumors Julio might get traded. Um, really was, he was billed as the guy you wanted to target in drafts and he paid off. Yeah, he did have a good year. It was tough deciding between between uh, him and Metcalf. But uh, yeah, I think really, I mean, both these guys, or even Jefferson too. Gotta wonder, like that that's top 15 receivers yeah. those three for sure are going in the top three yeah i mean i or had top 15 i had jefferson as as my breakout okay um who are your other nominees jalen hurts who's had a short timetable but i think he is probably the future of philly and three games i'm three giving games. it to him he looked good he does look good i'm not for, gonna lie for what he's working with you know what I mean? Like True, true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um He's done a lot with his legs, for sure. I'm gonna give it to a, another tight end, Robert Tanyan, who had a great year. It was either there was only three people catching touchdowns in Green Bay. Yeah. Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Robert Tanyan. That's right. And it looks like he's got a pretty good rapport with Rodgers. He's a huge dude. Um so I think he had a great year, you know, a guy that people had to pick up off the wire, but Played well, serviceable for sure. Yeah. Um, Justin Herbert is a breakout candidate as well, also rookie candidate. He kind mm-hmm. of falls in two. Uh, but yeah, I was going to go with Jefferson. Okay. Well, let's jump into the rookie uh, section. Who do you have listed there? Um, I got James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, CeeDee Lamb, Herbert, Jefferson, 
Um, you could give it to a few of these guys. Yeah, for sure. My my nominees were James Robinson, Justin Herbert, CD, Joe Burrow. Uh, can't be ignored what he did. Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. And then honorable mentions, Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins. But it's because I nominated them in other categories. My ultimate rookie of the year, I don't think it's a debate. It's James Robinson. Fantasy-wise, yeah. the most value. You pick him up 15th, 16th round. He was he had over 1,000 yards rushing. He was the bell cow right from the get-go. Totally. He didn't let you down. Like He was, he was pretty fucking consistent. For Absolutely. For a undrafted. team that was shitty, too. Yeah, exactly. one game. One game, three quarterbacks throughout that span. Yeah, like, like, yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I definitely, yeah, I think they rookie found of the year something. got to go to Robinson. They found something there for sure. And you got to pair them, you get to pair them up next year with Lawrence. Oh, yeah. With those receivers, like DJ Chark, bump him up your rankings. Like mm-hmm. Keelan Cole, here you go. You know? Finally. LaVisca <laughs> Chenault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. LaVisca. Yeah. LaVisca. Um, maybe Dare Ogunbowale. <laughs> he sticks around. Yeah, sticks around. Yeah. Or who knows? Or maybe Rykel Armstead. Yeah. Figures it out, you know? You got all these guys. Don't forget Tyler Eifert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Red zone guy. Yeah, maybe Austin Safarian Jenkins will come out of retirement. Oh, man. Ooh, who knows? Okay, and our final award, MVP, Bully of the Year. I, I didn't pick five guys because I knew my answer right off the hop. And I'm going with... Stefan Diggs because not only did he single-handedly beat me in the Flyers League <laughs> yeah fucking prick but Devontae Adams almost single-handedly beat, beat Robbie but he didn't <laughs> that's the thing is <laughs> that's not his fault he put up 41 it's I everybody know, else who started I know I know but I you know what I think Stefan Diggs man he was so consistent so consistent rarely did he have a game under 10 points probably only like twice this yeah year. i think it was andrew that said in our chat he was a reliable 10 without being touchdown dependent yeah because he was getting the targets in the yards regardless totally he was grinder a few weeks for sure um okay for me my five nominees were pat mahomes travis kelsey who did unbelievable things for the tight end position dalvin cook Devonte adams and aaron Rodgers. With an honorable mention going to Kyler Murray. But my MVP bully of the 2020 season is going to go to Dalvin Cook. Mm. He was just so good, so consistent. Had a few injuries this year, but when he was playing, man, the guy was money. He was, you know, it, he was just exactly what you wanted him to be. And you were getting him fifth. Yeah, true. Fifth, sixth. I would take that any day of the week. I had a really hard time deciding between him and Devontae Adams. Because Devontae Adams, if you knew he was coming up in your schedule, you knew you were going to get hurt. Yeah. Like, he never has a bad game. He's no. scoring all the time. It, so, he... I Yeah, I it was hard between those two, but I went with Cook. I think Devontae Adams might be the best receiver in the league. I think so. At this point, yeah. You know, there was a while there where it was debate between uh, Tyreek... And uh, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Julio Jones. I think, yeah, Devonte Devonte is the complete package. He's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's different. He is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. good, man. Fuck. And those were the bullies. Yeah, the bullies. So power to you if you rostered a few of those guys. You probably enjoyed the season. 
Okay, well, we better breeze through, pass it around the NFL because holy shit, it's a long app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll rip it. Yeah, we'll rip Around it. the NFL's, uh, we've got a few things this week. Um, your boy Dwayne Haskins, the experiment is over. She got, she done. Yeah. She go. Yeah. I mean, figure it out, man. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, Dwayne Haskins, obviously, yeah, figure it out. But at the same time, like, where's the blame on the on the Washington football team? True. <laughs> you know, like I was reading into this because I don't know, I think it's so rare that a team cuts a guy that was drafted 15th overall 20 months ago. Obviously he broke okay, so he broke pro uh covid <laughs> protocols twice. <laughs> so that's a knock. Um, you know, he's shown like kind of a you know, a lack he's of a cancer man. wherewithal. Well, Here's the thing. So he was a local boy. Everybody was thinking a lot was going to come from him. Turns into a disappointment. But I think it's kind of an indictment on the culture going on in the Washington football team. And I think they're trying to fix it with Ron Rivera, but it's going to be a process. So basically, he's been fined 40000 up to this point for COVID violations. He got his captaincy stripped. Um, I mean, like, sometimes an NFL player is worth the hassle and the headache. Because yeah. his play is so much on the field, not in this case. Maybe like, when you're like Terrell Owens, yeah. Deion Sanders, yeah, exactly, yeah, Randy Moss, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, over those uh, over his two years in Washington, he finished with a three and ten record. Uh, he was demoted twice this year to third string. He had thirteen touchdowns and fourteen interceptions. Yeah, like Rivera had no ties to Haskins at all. And doing a bit of reading into this, this is pretty fucked. So he was drafted by the previous regime, over reported objections by uh, of the football decision makers in the team, especially the GM, who said they didn't want him. Uh, but Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington team, insisted that it's Haskins. Um, he was his favorite. That's what he wanted. Interestingly enough, Haskins went to high school in Maryland with Snyder's son. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and I guess in one of the games when uh, after Haskins got hurt last year, uh, Snyder raced out of his box down to the locker room. Which furthered uh, this whole like teacher's pet kind of view that yeah. everybody else on the team had yeah. of Haskins. So he's already like, okay, well, you're already favored. Jay Gruden doesn't like you. Like Ron Rivera doesn't like you kind of thing. This guy had the tools. He was six foot four, 230 pounds. Yeah. He came out, he finished third in Heisman voting the year he came out. And there were New York Giants fans that were screaming mad that they went Daniel Jones totally. over Haskins, which they is were. nuts. I mean, like, you, he's totally going to get another opportunity somewhere else. Probably go to the Patriots. Maybe. Maybe. You know, like, yeah. everybody's hungry for a quarterback, it seems. Um, he's been linked to Carolina already. But he's going to get another chance. But I think, kind of interesting, like, everybody's kind of putting this on Haskins, where it's just, like, nobody's kind of focused on what a fucking idiot Snyder is and how yeah. he can't get out of his own way. This is a guy that's facing... Uh, several allegations from former female employees of sexual misconduct. I think it's just, I don't know. It leads itself to it. And like the, the uh, earlier this week, former first round quarterback drafted by Washington, Robert Griffin, the third <laughs> came out and he knows what it's like. Yeah. They used him. They chewed him up. They spit him out right away. Yeah. He just sent out a tweet and he said, 
Wishing the best for DH Simba 7, Dwayne Haskins. You're only 23. Learn from this and bounce back. Yeah, it's true. You I know? mean, you got to make better decisions. So you can't be going to the strip club, no mask. Like, you play in the NFL. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. Like it's a it's a business. It's not a, it's not a sport. It's a business. And if you're hurting the business, you're gone. You owes, man. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't I don't blame Washington for fucking letting him go, to be honest. Well, they got Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Taylor Heineke's <laughs> starting this week. Fucking Heineken, baby. Oh man. Oh, well, let's talk about that week seventeen madness coming up. Ooh, baby. So there's a total of eight teams. That can guarantee themselves a playoff berth with just a simple win this weekend. The Bears, the Browns, the Cards, the Dolphins, the Rams, the Ravens, Titans, and Washington can all clinch a playoff berth with a simple win. The Colts, Cowboys, and Giants all need a win plus help from others to get in. Let's look at the Giants area, for instance. (laughs) Here's what's at stake. With a loss and wins from other teams, they could pick as high as third overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. With a win and a Washington loss, they could win the NFC East. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. That's insane. It is insane. Oh, my God. Now, I want to go on a bit of a COVID mini rant because this is fucking horseshit. Okay, you mentioned it earlier in the app, or maybe it was during Andrew's interview, but the Browns having to play a game with their four starting wide receivers out. out. Okay, do we need to change our name to the the Cleveland Ravens? We already <laughs> were. We already were them. They they are us. <laughs> Fuck. How come the Ravens get this preferential treatment? And then you look at other things around the AFC North. The fucking TikTok Steelers are recording a victory. We won the AFC North celebration in their locker room. Okay, well, that's all fine and dandy. Not one guy wearing a mask. Mm. The Saints lost a draft pick for doing that. So I guess my COVID rant is with the goddamn NFL. Where is the, <laughs> incons- where is the consistency? Yeah. You know, like you're going to delay and give the Ravens the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the Browns strategy needs to be like just misidentifying their players as close contacts and piling on so many that the league is forced to give them some time. Mm. You know? Like, what's what's the play here, Raj? Like, come on. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah. Hey? Yeah. Fucking Al? Come on. I don't know. Like, I just... I, I, I don't like the inconsistency of it. You know? It is a little tough. I mean... Fucking Juju's TikTok? Corvette, Corvette? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, put a mask on if you're going to do that shit. Not one of them. No. Not one of them. So, you know... As a as a Saints fan, I'd be like, well, uh, like, what's going on here? That's the exact same thing. Yeah. Club Dub, same thing as Juju's TikTok following. You know, I wonder if Juju like sets the phone up and then does it, or do you think? Then he rolls with a tripod. Yeah. Oh, for sure. A stand for sure. Totally. Yeah. Have to. Have to. What do you think the other boys think about that? In some his guys are down. Some league. guys aren't. I'm sure there are teammates and opponents that are just like, I'm going to fuck you up even yeah. harder like, if I can. Like, I'm going to put a little oomph, a little more oomph behind my hits. And I'm sure other guys are just like, whatever, man, do your thing. Yeah. Get clout. Yeah. You know? 
<laughs> Hit up the thoughts over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, thoughts. Okay, well, we talked about it a bit before. Uh, Taylor Hineke. So, this weekend, John Wolford, backup quarterback for the LA Rams, will make his first uh, start uh, for a team in Week 17 that has a playoff berth on the line. The last time that happened was when Kyle Orton <laughs> started for the Cowboys in 2013. Remember Kyle Orton? <laughs> Man, what a fucking weird-looking human that guy is. Bull cut. So, week 17, we're going to have a starting quarterback from the XFL, Taylor Hineke, hmm. um, for Washington. A quarterback from the AAF, the American Alliance of Football, John Wolford, for the LA Rams. And, perhaps, if Kyler Murray can't go, Chris Strebler, former quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL. Oh. Which would be nuts. They're kind of cool. Three yeah. different leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Shit. Um, I had a little thing about uh, about your favorite position, Maddie. Is and it's mm. kickers corner. Kickers or kickers or tight ends. Kickers corner. Mm. Um, and I just thought it was strange. Robbie Gould signs a two year extension with the San Francisco 49ers after missing three field goals in a game. Really? Yes. Out of boy. Out of boy. In that game versus Arizona, he missed three. <laughs> And he signs a two-year extension. The rich get richer. Rich get richer. What an indictment on that position. Like You miss three in a row, but you're still our best option. Yeah. There's nothing better out there. Yeah. We don't even want to draft one. No. Holy shit. But Robbie Gould, for the most part, has been a pretty consistent pretty solid. Uh, pretty solid. player. He's no, he's no, uh, you know, Adam Vinatieri. Rodrigo um, Blankenship. Rodrigo um your boy the opera singer oh no we're not gonna <laughs> name him in that fucker tucker well <laughs> should we uh should we hit dick's simple stats Gord's simple stats you have some for me a couple okay um and i mean it's it's kind of dick's simple stats not a question just okay yeah simple stats <laughs> um are and- they simple they're not that hard (laughs) um the nfc east is set to break an nfl record and that record no team has ever started the season two and seven and still made the playoffs and the three teams that are eligible in the nfc did win dallas Mm -hmm. the giants and new york all started two and seven Whoa. So one of them is going to break this record. Yes. It's the teams are zero and 262. And the stat will now be one and 263. <laughs> oh my God. That is an amazing stat. That's a stat of the week. <laughs> that beats every week. stat I found. <laughs> Absolutely. That is crazy. Yeah. 263 or four. So right now, the, right now it's zero and two hundred sixty-two. Oh my god! But after this week, one and two sixty-three. There you go, NFC East record-breaking division. Record-breaking. <laughs> um, Josh Allen also set a new record for uh, most passing touchdowns by a Bills quarterback. Thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Give it to the kid, mm-hmm. MVP candidate. 
Um, Stefan Diggs also set the Bills single season receiving record um, with his crossing route on his uh, take to the house. Yeah, I think his first one. 50 yards. Yeah, first of three. First of three. There it goes. And that's the simple stats. Yeah, buddy. actually, uh, uh, Jim Kelly tweeted at Allen after he beat his record. Said mm. like, he's like, I hope J- I hope Josh Allen beats every one of my records because that means the Bills are doing good. Yeah. Like he's like, I don't care about records. I just want the Bills to win. Because mm-hmm. famously, he went to four Super Bowls and didn't win one. Yes. As the starting quarterback. Uh, just a few things from around the NFL quickly. Uh. A bit of a funny thing happened in Tennessee. So Will Compton, their linebacker, got a brutal haircut. <laughs> like, terrible. That To the point that the Tennessee Titans Twitter account put him on the injury reserve. <laughs> <laughs> so they listed his player, Will Compton, position linebacker, injury haircut. Thursday did not practice. Game status is doubtful. So Let's see this? <laughs> they fucking sent it out. Look at that. Fu- it, that cut is brutal. AJ Brown sent a tweet and he said uh, his haircut is horrible and he needs to just cut it all off and restart. (laughs) (laughs) So it begs the question, what was your worst haircut, Cord? My worst haircut? Um, It was was not that long ago. And it was was one of my buddy's girlfriends did it. Oh. Yeah. Slippery slope. (laughs) And it, it looked like... And that, this is when Donaldson was playing for the Blue Jays. Oh. When he had like, he had, it was like super short on the sides, but like, but like this. So like, it was like super short, like just like right here, but then long still. Oh man. So I had to end up, I ended up having to go to the barber yeah. and get it fixed. Oh. Like the Lebanese barber that Your I... boy. My boy. And <laughs> I was like, like, yo, Why man. are you going to somebody else? <laughs> I, yeah, man. I felt bad. I was like, yo, man. I, I, Whatever. I made up some story saying my girlfriend did it or something. I don't mm. know. I can't remember because I felt bad. Brutal. Yeah. That was my worst one. That was the only one I've ever had to get fixed. All the other ones, you know, I mean, they're a little bit... Sometimes they're a little bit off, but they grow out a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've had a couple bad ones. Uh, one, I remember I was driving. I was having uh, Chris, actually Chris Kirk, and uh, Show Life Shane were coming to my place way back in the day. Like when we first kind of had met. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was supposed to meet them there, but I was coming from somewhere else. I was running behind. So I'm like speeding to get back to my apartment before these two guys show up to get there. And I passed them on the road. And I had just gotten this cut, and she did the highest fade I've ever had. It was like military style, like like to the scalp. And I had a hat on, and I zoomed past Shane. Shane's driving, Chris is in the passenger seat, and they speed up to catch up. And she, Chris is like, "Roll down your window." So I pull it down. He's like, "The fuck happened here?" is motioning like just to the side of his scalp oh my god that one was brutal and then there was a phase during university where i was really into prison break oh my god so i shaved my head like no guard because fucking mike schofield and like link they had shaved heads so i was like fuck i'll fucking rip that too no guard 
And I thought I like would look like fucking prison break guys, but I ended up looking like fucking Joe Pesci from Home Alone. Just a fucking bowling ball. Oh fuck! Holy fuck! Like Daddy DeVito and fucking Junior. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god. So I haven't shaved my head since. Oh man. I've never shaved my head. I, like I said, I'm too afraid it won't grow back. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh man. Oh, that's fucking funny. Okay, well, we're going to let JJ Watt talk for a bit. He was he had a press conference earlier this week. And he just spoke the truth, man, and he spoke from the heart, and I think it uh it it will resonate a lot with a lot of fans out there. You can't come in and put work in in the building, go out to the practice field and work hard, do your lifts and do what you're supposed to do. You should not be here. This is a job. We're getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of And they care about it. They care every single week. We're in week 16 and we're 4 and 11. And there's fans that watch this game, that show up to the stadium, that put in time and energy and effort and care about this so if you can't go out there and you can't work out you can't show up on time you can't practice you can't want to go out there and win you shouldn't be here because this is a privilege it's the greatest job in the world you get to go out and play a game and if you can't care enough even in week 17 even when you're trash when you're 4 and 11 if you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest that's bullshit so that's how I just I think it's that's there are people every week that still tweet you, that still come up to you and say, hey, we're still rooting for you. We're still behind you. They have no reason whatsoever to. We stink. But they care, and they still want to win, and they still want you to be great. That's why. Those people aren't getting paid. We're getting paid handsomely. That's why. And that's... <sighs> that's who I feel the most bad for is our fans. And the people who care so deeply in this city and the people who love it and who truly want it to be great. And it's not. And that sucks as a player to know that we're not giving them what they deserve. I mean, that's uh, truth, man. Truth, but there's a lot of people in the league, man. It's gonna. It, it's hard to get everybody to think like that. Even at any job, it's hard to get everybody to buy, buy in. in. Yeah, that's you know true. what I mean. Like, yeah, there are people that that never know how. Uh, they never know how lucky they are. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, it's it's yeah. I agree with that, but I think it's it's really powerful for a guy of his stature in the league. To come out and say say it like it is, mm-hmm. you know, for a guy to have, how much money has JJ Watt made from contracts and shoe endorsements and Everything. his thing with Reebok? Like the guy is stinking rich. He has no reason at this point in his career. He's made it. He's like, he's got no reason to care about the fans, but he still recognizes it. Yeah, you know. So I I don't know. I think it was, I think that's huge. And if if I'm a guy on the Houston Texans, and I know I've skipped a lift day or if I know I've showed up late to a meeting, I'm fucking taking that seriously because this is mm-hmm. the captain of our team, the leader of our team putting you on blast. Yeah. 
wake up, man. Like, you're in the NFL. It doesn't matter what your record is. You still show up. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, I thought that was huge. Um, I just want to touch on briefly, uh, the NFL has fined a few players recently. But it's led to some great quotes. So they recently fined A.J. Brown um, 12000 12, so far this year he's been charged for throwing footballs into the stands. And he came out and said, 12K for the footballs last week? Let's see. How high can I get this fine up to? I want the NFL to rename that rule after me, TBH. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the Christmas Day game, Alvin Kamara wore red and green cleats. And he came out and he said, if they find me, I'll just match it and send it to charity. The Grinch always tries to steal Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so at least these guys are having fun with it, right? Like, oh, fuck. Uh, we talked about it a bit before. Bills Mafia, they actually are allowing 6,700 Bills fans to the first playoff game in 25 years. Crazy. You can guarantee it's going to feel like 67,000. Yeah, the first home game. In 25 years, because they made the yes, playoffs. Yeah, first home years. game yeah. in 25 years. Now, Gord, I just want to uh, do a quick rip around. Fifth-year options are coming up. So players that were chosen only in the first round of 2018 draft are closing in on the end of their third season, meaning their teams will need to decide in the coming months whether the, to exercise the option that will extend their four-year rookie contracts through 2022. The fifth-year option equation will change with this class under the new CBA, uh, with the options now being fully guaranteed when they are exercised and with compensation now being determined in part, of player, in part by player performance. But the essential question is this. Has this player shown enough in, these, in his first three seasons to be worth investing in? Um, so let's jump mm-hmm. into it and see who's available. So at first overall, Baker Mayfield. Do you pick up the option, yes or no? Yes. Yes. At two, Saquon Barkley. Yes. Yes. Three, Sam Darnold. Yes. No, I don't think so. You don't think they're going to pick I up think they're the going to draft a different quarterback. You think they will? Yeah, I think so. Uh, four, Denzel Ward. Yes. Yeah. Bradley Chubb. Yes. Quentin Nelson. Yes. Obviously, yes. Josh Allen. Yes. Roquan Smith. Yes. Mm, yeah, He's been I would pretty say fucking so. good in there. Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle. I'm sure he's good, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Josh Rosen? Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Because he's not with his... his uh, he's not available, I guess. Minka Fitzpatrick? Yeah. 100%. Vita Vea? Don't know who that is. Tampa Bay? Defensive tackle. Nose tackle. Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Deron Payne, Washington football team. <laughs> Don't know who that is. Okay, that. Marcus Davenport? Mm. Probably not. I think he's been a disappointment. Colt Miller. <laughs> you don't know that guy. Okay. Do you know these guys? Colt Miller's an offensive tackle. I'm sure he's good, so we'll pick up his option too. Why not? We're throwing money around. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fat stacks, baby. walking around money. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds in Buffalo? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Derwin James, mm. Los Angeles Chargers, been injured a lot. Might be a bit of a band-aid. She cut him. Cut him. Cut him. Get him out of here. Jair Alexander, Green Bay. Mm. Cornerback for yeah, sure. Oh, no, yeah, you got to keep him. Leighton Vander Esch. Oh, fuck yeah. Really? I like Leighton. 
Okay, we'll see. They've got some money issues in Dallas. I don't and know. And he can. has neck issues. Yes, he does. Frank Ragnow, speaking of neck issues, <laughs> broke his fucking throat mm. in a game a couple games ago. Fractured his throat. How does that even happen? I don't know. Nigel? Tell us. <laughs> Feldy? I'd probably pick him up, sure. Okay, and then the Bengals have an offensive lineman. Rashawn Evans, inside linebacker, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee's decent. Okay, good. let's just do the fantasy guys that are left. At 24, the uh, Carolina Panthers have DJ Moore. Oh, keep him. I yeah. Think so. 25, Hayden Hurst, the mm. Atlanta Falcons. They're going to pick him up. Yeah. They just signed him, right? Yeah. Or they just traded for him. Calvin Ridley. Yeah, for Sorry. sure. Rashad Penny. Mm. No. Let him go. Let him go. You got Carson. You got Hyde. Yeah. You got Travis Homer. <laughs> Trav. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, oh, this is an interesting one. Sony Michelle. Ooh, with Damian Harris? I don't know. They probably will, though. I don't think they will. They've got Burkhead. <laughs> yeah, They've that's true. They've got Damian Harris, Burkhead, and James White. They don't need Sony Michelle. Burkhead's a good, he's a Swiss Army knife. Where's PlayStation going to go? Who knows? And then at 32, Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll pick that one up. Hmm. Ooh, baby. And that was, I think, do you have anything else for past it? Um, I think my, that was it for me. Oh, just a little, uh, not a stroke of luck, but the Browns are going to have to face Kyle Rudolph this week. I know. The rematch. The rematch. <laughs> um, Honestly, I don't think anything will happen. No, I don't think so either. But I'm. you know what? I'm hoping they can pull out the win, buddy. Dude, I would love if that were to happen. I got to borrow one of the jerseys if they do. You get the Josh Gordon for sure. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. the Gordon, wearing Gordon. Making his second appearance on the BFB, connecting with us on the lighted up hotline from his new pad in Van City, is the Strathcona Corona, aka the Strathcona Stunner, aka the Chinatown Can Collector, aka lead git for the core, aka 2020 N40L champion. Welcome to the show, Andrew. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, fellas? How are we doing? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Not bad, buddy, not bad. Good to, uh, good to hear from you. It's good to be on, and in, in much better circumstances than the last time I was on the show. I uh, I remember I was like on my way to a Herschel Christmas party. It was like pouring rain, and um, yeah, I was just getting soaked. And it was right before my uh, eventual Gregor loss there. So feeling <laughs> feeling much better today. Yeah, my how the turntables have turned. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You'd, you'd have to pick a few cans to get an umbrella around there, so it can't be easy. No, it's just hard out there for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, Andy, it's uh, we got to give it to you, buddy. Congratulations. Um, yeah, quite a year. As uh, as much as it pains me <laughs> to do so. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Hey, thanks, Gordo. Thank you, Matt. And uh, yeah, it's um uh. I remember, like, on the draft, just being like, 
fuck, I hate my team. I should have taken Lamar. And, like, the week one, John, like, Lamar had such a crazy week. I was like, fuck, this year's over. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta relax. You can't be so squirrely. You just gotta, you know, wait and see what happens. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, I mean, like, honestly, that, that stack you had Mahomes and Kelsey was huge for you oh, throughout the huge, season. Huge. So, you know what? Hindsight, like, I would have taken Mahomes there, too, for sure. Just for the consistency. Totally. It was one of those, like, yeah, like, hindsight 2020 thing. Like, it was so good not having to really worry about my tight end or my quarterback meant that I could, like, stash Edmonds and Dobbins for, like, most of the year and not have to worry about, like, having a backup tight end or a backup quarterback or whatever was, like, that ended up being really big. I didn't necessarily plan that going in, but, yeah, that's, that's sort of how that went, which was, yeah. Uh, but I thought it was so stupid until, you know, halfway through the year. I was like, what the fuck did you draft the tight end second? What the fuck did you take a quarterback so early? But, yeah, fact, well, clearly, like, I guess it worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. one, one would say exactly. it worked out. And, and like I said before, even a blind squirrel <laughs> gets a nut every now and then, Andrew, okay? <laughs> oh, man, I think a little. I think a little bit of it is uh, the fact that three out of the four Axehead boys have won a championship, and Gord's the only one out of that group that hasn't. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, that's something to say. Like three, three years out of six, we get ragged on for having the shittiest division in in the league. But hey, we own fifty percent of the championships. That's true. That's oh, true. I not you know I can't speak for myself yeah that's true that's true <laughs> but you know what we are going into realignment so not only does andy get the title plus the cash prize but now he's one of the you get to be one of the pickers true for the new divisions that's right and uh i well i won't i don't want to tip my hand too much over there but uh uh you know nigel uh, you um probably picking you first buddy <laughs> nice i'll gladly have john for the seventh street we season. should just we should just pick the axe head division again <laughs> no we can't man me and andrew are picking oh We're yeah split up for sure yeah yeah well i'll get uh, picked last like i did last time no you'll get picked first Mm. It is, yeah. Getting picked last is a compliment. Guys don't want to be in your division. It's, it's getting picked first, not so much. It's either or with me. It's feast or famine, man. True. Yeah. And well, it's always with the gut, right? Always gut. And nothing will ever change. No. Okay. Well, uh, enough sh- uh, schmoozing and talking. Let's get into the hard hitting journalism that the BFB is known for. <laughs> okay. So you came in dead last two years ago. And now you're on top of the mountain in 2020. No simple accomplishment for such a wild and unpredictable season. What do you think the major factors were in your team pulling through? And do you think this had a large role in your newfound interest in the N40L and in fantasy football in general? Re-interest, I should say. (laughs) Um, Okay, so there's a two-part question. Um, So to be... uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, what I guess what the big thing was, yeah, like finishing, not only did I lose the Gregor Bowl, but I the second year I, like, narrowly missed being in uh, the Gregor for second year, um, which was, yeah, I was just like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta do something. 
so like yeah I just like kind of did more work like before and during the season but like I think like even going back to before the N40L uh, like fucking you know we're doing the hockey draft and stuff I just like always wanted to be good at fantasy sports and like was kind of okay the first couple years and then like I think I wasn't really that good at the hockey towards the end and like all of us are just getting fucking dad dick by Lennon Warren every year and and then uh, yeah so so but yeah I've always I always wanted and then those two like one last place and one almost last place was like kind of like cold water in the face like fuck I gotta I gotta do something here so yeah, like kind of, you know, listen to more podcasts and stuff and just kind of trying to, and oh man, so absolute confession time here. This is, we, so I guess this is our sixth year. This is the first year where I've actually looked at like where points actually come from. So like, <laughs> for instance, that a passing touchdown is only worth four points and a rushing or receiving touchdown is worth six points is like, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, quarterbacks get a lot of points. Like, fucking sweet. Uh, I also didn't know that passing yards were worth so much less than rushing or receiving yards. So, like, uh, they're not, uh, though. They're worth the same. Somebody like a Kyler or a Josh Allen that's rushing that much is like, that's awesome. Oh, you're getting, quarterback on, wise. On top of the, mm-hmm. the QB production, you're getting the rushing, too, which is, which is huge. So, that was another thing, like, just kind of realized this year <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then like you're also not getting um like for defense and special teams is combined didn't really understand that and then you don't get points for like receipt or return yards like if they get a return score you get that but like yeah it's pretty stupid to like flex Cordero Patterson because you know, he might get a return touchdown, but he's probably not gonna. Yeah. So, like, that, like, so don't even fucking do that. Like, yeah. whoever the return specialist on the team is, like, don't waste your time. Right. So, Some yeah, leagues you yeah. can do return yards. I or, think I, I think, I think I just, like, made fewer, like, dumb moves, and then, but then some smart moves as well. But, like, reducing the stupidity, I think, was a big part. Big factor. Yeah, and yeah. I think a lot a lot of it too is uh, health. Like you, you were lucky to have a lot of players that b- virtually stayed healthy almost all season too. Like yeah, you're that top, was like, very very lucky. And, and I know I know T Rob was saying like, oh well, you have no idea what's gonna happen, which like kind of is true. But also like you know if a guy has like missed a lot of games the last few years, and like you can mentally like bump him down. Like yeah, Yahoo's saying I should take him now, but like. I don't know if I want, like... Right. I'm trying to think of an example, but, like, for instance, definitely, like, like Gronk is a guy, and especially now that he's older, like, I mean, he can he can have huge impact games, but, like, half of the time. Right. Um, and there's... I, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to think of examples, but that's definitely something I thought of in the draft this year. It's like, yeah, I don't want that guy. I'm so lucky I drafted where I did because I 100% would have taken... McCaffrey, Saquon, or Zeke had I had the option to do that. Like, those were, at the time, such no-brainer picks. Yeah. And um, Kamar was, like, really good a lot of the year. Like, obviously, he had that, like, crazy, insane game in the championship. Um, But, like, there was a lot of, like, you know, 14-point games or, like, 10-point games. It was good, but, I mean, it's your, you know, your first overall pick. 
he was like, oh my god, that the fucking week where I played Scott, and he had Dalvin Cook had that record game, and like <laughs> the fucking week, I, week two, I played Matt, and Dak just went on that fucking crazy run at the end of that uh, <laughs> Falcons game there. Yeah, just like mother, mother, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the, uh, the, and Camara was like, he was coming, like, I had him last year, and I was not pleased with him. He had such a down year last year, so yeah. Mm, he had it a wasn't, good bounce back it, Yeah, a nice bounce back year. Nothing was guaranteed with him. No. He was a guy, too, that, like, had some injury stuff. So I'm just like, A, he's, like, kind of half holding out. B, he's, like, been hurt. But, like, whatever, I'll fucking take him and see how it goes. And, like, oh, another big part of my success uh, was um, I have just, accepted within myself that I can't evaluate Minnesota Vikings impartially so like I gotta try to avoid them so I'm like there's no way I'm reaching for Cook at four I'm just like I'm just like I can't do it it's a trap he's gonna fuck me over Hmm. Uh, which obviously he would have been great this year but um, yeah I purposely didn't pick him I purposely waited on Thielen uh, nobody drafted Jefferson, and he had, like, one or two good weeks before he was the, like, you need to pick this guy up this week guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, other than that, I was like, don't take their fucking defense because they're bad. And, yeah. Like, don't take their kicker because they're cursed. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. But, yeah, Jefferson was great. But yeah. I was like, one is enough. Don't you dare fucking take anymore. And yeah. Jeff- Jefferson, the week, he was, like, the hot waiver wire ad. He, it was also, like, the same week that T. Higgins was available. And I, I forget yeah. there was another guy, so there was lots of options. So oh, yeah, yeah the, and Jefferson, and, I would argue, out of all of those guys, was the best one. For yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I fucking, I fucking spent so much money that week on Jefferson and T Higgins, and then I didn't have a kicker, so I had to fucking drop Higgins. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, I grabbed him, but I grabbed him I and then flipped him to Gord for a fifth rounder. Oh, <laughs> yeah, not that, bad. That was that was masterful. That was. That was <laughs> And then I traded um, away my tight end and then just got him back. That's right. Asset, <laughs> asset management. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, yeah. in 2018, you obviously had to deal with the Gregor loss and the incredibly painstaking punishment of individually handwriting each of us letters, which I still... <laughs> if you ever lose, man, I'm giving you that one. I'm going to make you do it with your left hand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you finished. That was, uh, I, I I feel like I'm getting roasted here, and rightly so. Like I was late on the punishment. That was bullshit. <laughs> well, let the question finish. Yeah. Um, you clearly did not meet the time requirements that were set. Uh, you know, on the punishment and received quite a bit of leniency from Commissioner Goodkell. Um, but now that you've switched roles and you're going to be dishing out a punishment. What what are you kind of leaning towards for a little Nigy boy? And um, you know what 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 are you gonna do if he if he doesn't do the punishment? Uh, a la Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that that's kind of one of my regrets is that I was like, as the playoffs went on, I got like more and more superstitious, and any time it was like, oh, you might win, you might win. I was just like, don't think about it, just worry about this week. And, like, particularly with, like, oh, if you win, you get to choose a punishment. I was like, definitely don't think about that. So, like, I haven't put any thought into it. And I really wish I did have to. It was 
because it was great when Johnny last year was just like, oh yeah, so here's what it is, blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. like old town road. Uh, that was great. So I, I don't have it fully formed. It's got to be something that's like obviously COVID safe and obviously Nigel's like a doctor and like I'm sure work is very stressful and like I don't want him to do, have to do anything where it's like he's in a position to mess that up. I've like definitely put some like feelers out to different groups of people and have, have gotten some suggestions so there there, I, there will be something I think I'm going to try and have it decided by like you know January 15th or something like a couple weeks not too long but yeah. but I don't have a uh, I don't have a firm thing to announce here unfortunately so I'm sorry fellas that's, that's you right. know what we, you can uh, when this episode drops you can go back and listen to the text and answer segment because uh, uh, our boy, the Soup Savant in Eastlake, sent in a punishment-based question. So we'll be providing oh, some, some examples, some ideas in that, in, in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you wanna, maybe one tickles your fancy. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. That's great. Um, our next question uh, comes in from, actually, not, not Huncho or Bathwater, <laughs> comes in from Rockpile John, for you. And... <laughs> He just said, Andrew, please share with the guys which podcasts you've been listening to and what your process was getting ready for this past season. You kind of covered that already. Um, he wants to know, did you study up on different fantasy football stratagems? <laughs> and if so, which ones did you find most useful? So I think he's looking <laughs> for help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm like, should I even answer that? Like, I don't know. There's like tons of stuff out there and like, most of it's better than not doing anything at all. Um, I mean, right in the app, there's a ton of, like, articles that are, like, kind of based on the, like, Yahoo Fantasy Podcast, which is, like, they're really good. Um, my advice would be to... That one's really good. I like it a lot. I would say don't do just one though like make sure you have another one and like find whichever one you want sort of thing but like have at least a couple so like because sometimes you'll have one that's just like pick up this guy pick up this guy and then your other one will be like this guy fucking sucks and this is why so mm-hmm. uh yeah like i would say have multiple sources not just one uh, and then not necessarily podcasts like maybe there's an article or something you, you like or like you know, maybe maybe you've got that. Uh, I, I I swear Scott must have uh, updated to at least uh, a 2017 uh, <laughs> yeah. fantasy magazine. You know, he's not rocking a 2005 anymore. 20, yeah, 2017 um, fantasy rag. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, uh, there are but, so so many options out there now too. Like, obviously, podcasts. Most podcasts are free, but I know there's so many fantasy sites where you can pay like a yearly membership. And they'll give you like drafting kits and like, and you can compare players or like put in your starting lineup and the experts will like give their say on who should be on the bench and all that stuff. So, I mean, if the, if John wants to look into it, I mean, he can, he can get on performance enhancers and see if he can get up with the rest of the league. Yeah. I I would definitely say don't fucking spend money on any of that stuff. Like, Like don't. It makes sense that the Borg would be interested in, you know, having artificial uh, (laughs) intelligence set the lineup. But no, there's there's a bunch of stuff, and just like yeah, in your free time, kind of cycle through it. Like, I basically had two going, and like I wouldn't listen to every second of every one. It's like the pickups one is important. Mm -hmm. The like 
the roundup of what happened is is kind of good. But like, if it was like Wednesday, and for whatever reason I hadn't listened to the pickups episode, I wouldn't listen to that. I just like delete it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. taking up space on my phone. Like, all of us have other shit going on in our lives, whatever. But yeah, just like trying to stay current with what's going on. Yeah, I, I, there you go. I definitely agree with that one. Like, I don't listen to a lot. I've listened to a few other podcasts as well, but. I kind of make a point of making sure I hear the Monday one because that's all the waiver wire suggestions and and ideas. That's yeah. kind of the one I would I would put emphasis on if you if you're if John's looking to get into that. I'm too busy listening to true crime podcasts. Yeah, so I got no room for these fantasy pods. Fantastic true crime stuff. Well, we should also say that uh, in the Triple uh, F, uh, our boy Robbie ended up winning it. Mm-hmm. And he he swears so the only podcast he listens to is the BFB. <laughs> all all of his football information comes from this source. I was gonna say, Andy, you don't just use the fearless forecast and the fearless tank cast to set your lineups. <laughs> um, you know what? Honestly, that's why I select Hunt in the championship. Was like Matt, but he's gonna have a bad week. I was like, sweet. <laughs> well, I could start fucking whatever fucking guy the Jacksonville back that I picked up or like <laughs> Dare Ogunbo Wale yeah 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 I picked up him and I picked up a bunch of other people and I was just like I still think I and you know the Jets really came on at the end of the year but I was still like you know what this is a good lineup or a good matchup and like fucking <laughs> all of Cleveland's receivers are on IR, so I think they're going to be pounding the rock a lot. Yeah, you think so, but fucking Baker had his most attempts in a game all season. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. That didn't make any sense at all. You're going to throw the ball fucking 52 times to a bunch of practice squad guys? Like, that? yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, it was a lot of tight end targets, but it was still like, I don't know, I've been pumping Stefanski's tires. That was his first kind of misstep I found as a coach this season. Like, he just, that game plan, and he came out after the game and owned it and was just like, Poor play calling. I got out coached, which sucks when it's Adam Gase on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they bounce back against Pittsburgh this Sunday. Get that playoff I think spot. They will. Well, I think they will. I'm 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 all in on the Browns. Fucking go Browns. Let's do this. Dog pound, baby. <laughs> Dog pound. <laughs> um. So Andy, I mean. I gotta say, that's a pretty nice little purse coming your way, buddy. Oh yeah. Little bit of walking around, money. <laughs> Little bit oh, yeah. of walking around money. What what do you what do you think you're gonna spend it on? How much do you win? Twelve hundred bucks? I think eleven. Eleven. Uh, so it's eleven hundred. I'm actually really glad you asked. Um, so one of my other podcasts suggested that if you if you won your pool, you should consider um, donating to some of like one of your players like favorite charities or whatever kind of thing. Mm. Um, which which I thought was a super cool idea. So. Um, Kamara obviously like flopped it out on that monster day. Um, so I was like, okay, so I'll, I'll choose his. And his is a uh, charity in New Orleans. It's called Son of a Saint. And basically it is, um, goes for like, yeah, boys growing up without a dad in New Orleans. And, you know, you, I think we're all, probably most people listening to this, probably everybody listening to this, grew up like, you know, pretty secure compared to, a lot of people that don't get that chance. So, um, yeah, I, I made a donation on behalf of the N40L to uh, Son of a Saint. Nice. So, nice, dude. Yeah, if you 
you you know we all spend league fees so so part of your money went to support that cause um and then i also have a fucking woman beater on my team uh in kareem hunt so <laughs> and i know he, i know he's trying to turn it around and stuff but um, so the other half of my sort of like 10%-ish of the winnings was went to the downtown east side uh, women's shelter here in Vancouver. I figured I'd do one nice. out of town and then one locally, and they just do really good work here in Vancouver. So wow, that man. would be, yeah, and that's something that like I'm not going to tell anybody else how to spend their money, but maybe that's a precedent, and maybe whoever wins next year, maybe you consider doing the same thing and, and donating not a huge bit, but I, I did like, yeah, like 10% or whatever. Um, but yeah, other than that, fuck, who knows what I'm going to do, man. Probably, uh, uh, probably going to take Meg though for a nice dinner, you know? Nice. Nice, nice little steak Dude. dinner. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think yeah. that that's a tradition that I think, I don't think any guys will have any objections to. That's something we can all get behind for sure. No. And I'm a greedy bastard. <laughs> but I would I would give a little bit up, but I'm never gonna win anyway. Yeah, so never. I don't gotta worry about it. <laughs> That's true. Well who knows? Maybe when we're a fucking double PPR, fucking super flex, no tight ends, no kickers league, maybe you've got a shot. You know what, man? <laughs> the Flyers League is that way. And I've been in the finals two years in a row. Yes, when you cater the the rules and the stats, when you mold when you the, mold league the league in your around image. your preferences, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can you know manage to get into that position. That's a heartbreaking spot to be in. Fucking groomsmen, two years in a row. I know, never groom, buddy. More yeah. like the fucking. I'm either the groomsman or the guy cleaning up the fucking tables at the hall after man because I've been last all the time. Oh man, shit, dude. I well, gotta, oh, I gotta say, I know, uh, I know, you fellas uh, have said that the four, the forties, the no fun league, but I, uh, I had a lot of fun this year, so I just, just want to thank everybody so much. Yeah, 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 it was a good year. You know what? If we're if we're talking truths, well, I have to say, since Gord is a commissioner in the in the Fires League, I really, really appreciate what Kellen goes through as a commissioner. <laughs> In the N40L, because you know what, guys bitch and the guys moan, and you're never gonna please everybody. But he does it thanklessly. Um, and I just rule with an iron fist. Yeah, if you don't like it, get the fuck out. And Gord tells you an hour before the draft of all the room, rule changes. Coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but I do like his approach in terms of like let's all have a meeting about proposed new rules and like let's make sure everybody's voice is heard, kind of on this thing. So. But yeah, I agreed. This for a for a kind of a crazy year with COVID and the amount of IR spots that we had and all that stuff. Like it, it turned out to be a pretty friggin' fun year. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, it was awesome. That was another thing I learned this year is that IR thing. They don't have to be actually on the injury reserve. They can just be out. So you can fucking. You know, Justin Jackson's knee hurts. You can fucking stash him for a couple weeks. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, like I will probably be proposing in the off season that we keep both IR spots. I loved it. Yeah, I think it's a, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. I liked some it flexibility. Exactly, and like you don't, you it allows you to kind of, you know, if a guy's hurt, obviously you can sit with him and you can kind of see it through. It's not so just. It's not just okay. Cut him. Get rid of him. You know, you can actually kind of try to build your depth. With that flexibility. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Sweet, nice. man. Well, well, great talking to you, buddy. 
Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. It's fucking so much nicer to be uh, in this position than when I was fucking panicking before my uh, Gregor game. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. You guys do a great job. Thank you so much for the pod. It's fucking amazing. We all love it. So, thank you. Nice thanks, buddy. And congrats great. again, dude. Yeah, congrats again. Good talking to you, brother. Thanks so much. You boys take care. Peace. See ya. No bounce back boy really this week because no? who do we need to bounce back? No, no one needs Nobody. no one needs him, but like But last week I hit. And yeah. I said Devontae Adams. He needed to bounce back. He only had forty nine yards the week prior. And uh you know, boys needed him in the finals. Mainly me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I said he'd bounce back. I said he'd have 110 yards in a tutty. But he obviously surpassed that well past. 143 yards and three tutties? Give it to the kid. Give it to the kid. Give it to the kid. And um, what a game. Bounce back, you know, this year... Predicting players to do well is hard. <laughs> I hit the bounce back. My bounce back record's a little nicer than my fearless record, but only because <laughs> there's only one person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and hell yes, hell yes. <laughs> and uh, I know I hit on Brady earlier this year, and I can't remember who I hit on the the other guy, but I'm I'm three for uh, three for five this year. No, three for six. You are three for five. Yeah. Three for five. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Hey. Sub 500. Sub five. That's okay. But, you know, it's tough, man. It's tough, tough out there. It's just, uh, I mean, it's a great intro song. Though. You gotta play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Well, speaking of intro songs, Gord recommended that I change the United intro song to this gem. Robbie from the QMP, Bobby Big Time. Is <laughs> he his, is Bobby Big he Time? Is Bobby Big Time. Bobby Big Time. He is Bobby Big Time. <laughs> he won, man. He won. Mm-hmm. Robbie mm-hmm. is gonna be stoked on that song. For fucking sure. right. Fucking me, and, right. me and Bobby used to fucking rip those songs on the way to the ski hill and shit, man. Black album. I'd chop you up, put you inside a mattress <laughs> like drug money. Oh my God. <laughs> man. And Robbie is a huge uh, vital member, actually, of the United Nation. Yes. So, we know not a whole lot to, not a lot of tidbits this week. Um, but I did want to highlight some of last week's uniforms, uh, including the Ravens looking dumber than normal, like going full perp. Uh, the Rams looking like dirt, dirty dish towels. Going with their full bone units against uh, I don't mind the, bone. the Seahawks. Oh, they look like they need a good scrubbing. <laughs> yeah, like John's jersey. Yeah, yeah, they are Schmiller-esque. 
Um, and then the Texans wore their full navy blue color rush, which now really looks similar to the Pats. Yeah, um, they do. So very, very st- stuck in that way. Not a lot of uniform news so far this week, but we do know that the Jaguars will be wearing their teal pants with white jerseys. Ooh, baby. Thus completing all nine options that their that their uniforms offer this season. Hmm. Okay. Ooh. Well, let's talk about visors. <laughs> While clear visors are allowed in games, their tinted counterparts are only permitted for the for, for a few players with rare medical exep- exemptions. So the NFL tweaked the rules ahead of the uh, 19 season to allow players to wear slightly tinted shields with a light pinkish hue. Now, you may recall we talked about this on previous episodes of United by Unis. The Oakley Prism was mentioned. <laughs> I do. But darker ones are still banned. Those rules don't apply to practice fields, though, where usually a handful of players can be seen with their eyes hidden behind dark plastic. Now, why? There are advantages. It dulls the brightness of the sun. It keeps opponents from seeing where their eyes and players are looking or going to. But mostly, players wear one because it looks cool. (laughs) Everybody wants to look good out there, said Cardinal Safety DJ Swearinger. Get a good picture for Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny Vaccaro obviously listens to the BFB. He came out and said, look good, feel good, play good. I just played years of football with it. It looks meaner, cleaner. To me, I'm naked if I don't have my visor on. (laughs) Fashion may be the reason so many players like the tinted visor, but that wasn't always the case. It was introduced to the game out of medical necessity, but when it started to become a trend, it was disallowed for all players who don't require one. Just 14 players qualified in 2018, according to Sports Illustrated. Longtime Vikings offensive lineman Randall McDaniel, who according to the according to the Hall of Fame is believed to be the first one to wear a tinted shield in the NFL. His path was an un, was in an unwitting fashion because it happened by accident in a 1988 practice just days before his rookie season began. So he said, "I got poked in the eye the Friday before I was going to start my first game, and I didn't want anybody to see this big patch over my left eye." So the equipment guy, Dennis Ryan, walked in with a dark shield attached to my helmet and said, no one will know you have a patch on your eye. It was perfect. We had little zip tie straps for the four holes to hook into your face mask. You zip tie it on and then clip off the ends. I broke one in a game and it took less than a minute to snap on when I came over to the sideline. Uh, So when it was time for McDaniel's eye patch to actually come off, he struggled with light sensitivity. The bright sun made his eye water, so he continued wearing the visor for the remainder of his career. It wasn't until 1998 that the NFL banned dark visors for players without a medical exemption. One McDaniel couldn't get anymore because his eye had actually healed, according to the league. That he, so he switched to a lighter tint for the final seasons of his career. He wasn't trying to start a trend, but anyways, uh, there are some people out there that say dark visors give a slight edge. And he agreed. He said, a lot of D linemen will look at your eyes and see if you're going to peek at who you're going to block or what direction you're going in. At the snap of the ball, they're reading your eyes, which a lot of players do without even knowing that they're doing it. It gives them an advantage, but they couldn't see my eyes. So the NFL stance with this all has been uh, pretty clear from the get-go. 
Uh, and it said that if player suffers from migraines or sensitive to sunlight, he'll be able to be medically exempt and put on a tinted visor. The restrictions aren't arbitrary. At times, medical personnel need to see an injured player and that removing uh, without removing the helmets, and that's where the tinted visors would interfere. That's mm. the argument, right? So wearing a dark visor still requires medical exemption. Uh, the question is, at what gradient of tint can the trainer no longer effectively see the eyes? There's been an ongoing discussion with the league, and there's uh, some actual uh, some work being done. So rather than work on the gradient of tint, they're working on finding a way to make detachable visors. Oh. So that if the guy's laying down, they could just pop it off and take a peek. And it's, it could be the guy's bleeding or he's unconscious or whatever it is, right? Um, now, one of the main players that wore a dark visor was Ladanian Tomlinson. He, in his 11 seasons, he tallied more than 13,000 rushing yards, 145 touchdowns. And part of his mystique was that almost all of the time he played in the NFL, his face was covered. Uh, Raiders linebacker Kirk Morrison told the BFB and SB Nation... <laughs> That it was one of the reasons Tomlinson was a nightmare to bring down. He said, The one thing as a linebacker you always wanted to do was look at a guy's eyes and see where he was looking or even just thinking about. Possibly looking at safeties coming down late. Maybe looking at the shifts and alignments of the linebackers. You could never do that with Ladanian because he wore the dark visor. And I thought the dark visor gave him an edge because it was just so hard to figure out what he was thinking or what he was doing. He gave no indications each play. And I thought that something that should be talked about as well. He came out with that visor, and you just didn't know what he was going, what was going on. And then I guess in his uh, 2009 memoir, Tomlinson's mother Lorraine revealed that he actually suffered from migraines, so mm. that it was part of a medical condition. But because of patient confidentiality, the NFL isn't allowed to release why certain guys are oh. and certain guys can't. So it's pretty fucking wild, like this whole thing. Like, but the best. <laughs> Man, the best quote came from um, that it's the guys basically see it as bravado, like a like a shield to their armor. So they asked uh, Jermaine Curse, former uh, Seahawks receiver. He said, "You honestly feel like you're in your own little zone. No one can really see your eyes. You just feel like you're in your own little place. It's weird. Have you ever seen the movie Big Daddy? You know when the kid puts the sunglasses on and he's invisible? <laughs> it's kind of like that." Hell yes. <laughs> oh my god. I'll take a sausage McMuffin. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, it's pretty funny because it's just like half of these guys are doing it for swag. Like Deron Payne said, really? It's sun and swag. That's it. <laughs> and other guys are doing it for medical reasons. So it's interesting to see where it's going to go with the NFL mm-hmm. and these dark tinted visors, but I just thought that was pretty fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know. You got to look good. Look good. Play good. Play good. Play good. Play good. Live good. Live good. You know, eat good. That good. Woo! <laughs> Dion. I like the change clothes intro. I didn't mind it. Sexy, yeah, it might be sexy. permanent. Change clothes, baby. Oh man! Well, Maddie, yeah, it's a little long episode, but you know what's the last one of the of the season? Parcel it out like you did with the Christmas one, right? No shame.
Oh, baby. Ooh, milk carton. The milk carton. And, you know, this week's a tough one for my podner. Yeah, fuck it was. Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at the No Frills, and there's there's a bunch of different types of dairy products I'm having <laughs> a peek at. And honestly, you know what? The, the backs are just informative, letting people know what's going on in the community. Some have missing people. Some have the copy of Coffee News <laughs> on it. Okay. I fucking love Coffee News. <laughs> um, I mean, but this week's Milk Carton Minute is the entire Browns receiving core. Every yeah. single one of them. Honestly. Like, you gotta kind of, you gotta figure it out here, boys. And the Browns are having to go over the playbook in the goddamn parking lot of the fucking stadium. <laughs> the morning of. The morning of. And Dude, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But you know what? They It was needed. They needed them on the field for their play designs, right? Like, I read somewhere that, like, uh, Jamarcus Bradley had 94% of the snaps. And Marvin Hall Jr. had 91%. Yeah. Like, you know, they also had Derek Willies there. But, like, everything... The mind-boggling thing was how much they threw it. They threw it <laughs> yeah. so much. Yeah. And, like, like, granted, the running game was not going anywhere. The Jets really did a really good job of shutting it down. But, like, you can't just keep throwing to Harrison Bryant and, no. and Austin Hooper and David Njoku. Like, you got a, you got Kareem Hunt, for God's sakes. You yeah. got Nick Chubb. Yeah, totally. Let him, let him catch a couple out of the backfield. Yeah. Well, we'll hope. They haven't... They haven't been listed as uh, playing for this Pittsburgh game. Ooh. So who knows? Like, I don't know what's going to fucking happen. Well, it's, uh, it's controversy in the dog pound here, buddy. <laughs> well, yeah. But you know what? The argument stands. If you lose to a one-win Jets team and then Mason Rudolph, no matter what circumstances you're going to... Don't deserve to be You there. don't deserve to be in the dance. No. You know? But it's simple. Win and you're in. Come <laughs> yeah. on, boys. But we need those wide receivers coming back. I miss them. Hollywood. Juice Landry. Donovan Peoples Jones. <laughs> Kadero Hodge. Oh, man. I'm, I'm feeling the techno epi. Yeah, it's not too on. bad. It's a good vibe. Yeah. It's a vibe for sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, um, we, <laughs> this, uh, the, man, okay, so earlier in the day, Gordon and I were chatting with, uh, BFB correspondent, uh, <laughs> Felvy, just saying like, hey, do you have any feel goods for this week? And he immediately responded <laughs> and he has one. So here we go. Feldy's feel good. Quietly a really good intro yeah, a song. Little bit bang- yeah, a bit of a banger. Yeah. yeah for sure. But, man, Felly was short and sweet this week. Felly's feel-good is Nigel losing. No. <laughs> if someone had to be mocked with something Ireland-related, I'd rather it be him than me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but he's not the one from Ireland, though, Feldy. So. Yeah, exactly. You are. Yeah. Fucking f- raised on potatoes. Yeah, potatoes. The <laughs> IRA. <and> hurling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Man, oh. and you know what? I feel for the guy. Night? I've been there. You've been there. I've been there, buddy. Yeah. Most recent. Almost was you. Again. Almost was me. Mm-hmm. Two years in a row. And uh, you just got to keep your head high. Keep your head high and... Uh, Greet those know, people with kindness at Walmart. Don't let the bastards that. get you down, buddy. Okay? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, Andrew rebounded two years later. Won the ship. Yeah, exactly. I go. mean, that could be in line for you. Right? Hopefully Nigel not. Nigel was finished second place last year. You know? <sighs> it's a quick fall from grace buddy (laughs) isn't it isn't it he drafted brian edwards (laughs) who Who? right (laughs) yeah what who is that las vegas raiders okay uh receiver actually (laughs) yeah yeah check the stats uh marty's feel good this week we ragged on him a bit earlier but we'll give him his props when it's due jojo smith schroster Cleared $25,000 worth of layaway for Christmas gifts and essentials for 170 different families last week. He also paid for Christmas gifts for 200 kids. Who? Guy knows what's up and he's a young buck. Good for him. Young buck. Young buck. Okay, well, let's jump into Puff Puff Prospects. Top five wide receivers. Last week we covered... Speaking of Puff Puff, we got any more pre-rolls over there or what? We got one, yeah, right here. You get her going. Oh, nice. This one, we won't be COVID safe. That's, That's okay. Last week, we mentioned the top five rece- uh, running backs. Let's jump into the top five wide receivers. Now, last season, Puff Puff featured the following receivers as our top five coming out of college. Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, T. Higgins, and LaVisca Chenault Jr., Additionally, we mentioned Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rieger in the honorable honorable mention sections. So, listen up, fellas, because we got some candy for your ears. You guys got to think about these guys moving into next season. At number one, wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU. He's projected to go in the top 15 picks this year. He skipped the 2020 season to prepare for the 21 draft. Which was a smart move on his part. His quarterback, Joe Burrow, had just left for the NFL. His running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, had left for the NFL. And same with Justin Jefferson. So he took the year off, avoiding injury risk. He should be a safe top 10 to 15 pick this year. Last season in college, he was by and large the best wide receiver. He's a stud. His pro comp is Anquan Bolden <coughs> with a little bit of Steve Smith. <coughs> With a little bit of Juju Smith. I like the meanness of Steve Smith. Yeah. And Anquan Bolden. That guy was an absolute bull. Anquan (laughs) Bolden. At number two, Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. He's projected to go in the first round. He's dominated 2020. He's a pure football player. He does everything well. So he's, if he was 20 pounds heavier, he'd be going in the top 10. The only knock on Smith is his thin build. But otherwise, team sources rave about him as a player, natural football player. He's tough. He has proven he's got run-after-the-catch skills. Um, he's superb with his body control along the sidelines, and he can adjust the passes, stay in, pound, uh, in bounds, no problem. I think the best thing to hear about Devonta Smith is his pro comp is Marvin Harrison. Mm. Hall of Famer. Legend. And if that weren't enough, Devonta Smith just got named AP College Football Player of the Year. 
He's the first wide receiver to win that award in college since it was established in 1998. He's also a Heisman Trophy finalist. That's going to be announced on January 5th. At three, we've got Jalen Waddell, also from Alabama. He's only 5'10", 182. He's projected to go in the first uh, round. Now, he's uh, definitely been more refined, but he suffered an ankle injury earlier at the start of this year, so he's been knocked out for the for the 2020 season. Uh, he's been compared a bit to Tyreek Hill, although his, his route running isn't as polished. Uh, but scouts think that Waddle is a better prospect than Henry Ruggs was last year, and Ruggs went 15th to the Raiders. And didn't really... No, they didn't really use him they properly. They didn't really use him properly. Waddle is kind of the same way. He's a weapon. He's not mm-hmm. so much a receiver. Like, you're going to have to find a team that's able to use him in the proper way. Um, so, but the thing is, he's been compared to Hill a little bit. People say that he's not as polished, but when Hill came out, he wasn't a very good route runner either. Uh, he was more used as a gadget play player until he kind of refined that part of himself. The other pro comp for Waddle is Santana Moss. Or KJ Hamler. Mm. At four, we've got Terrace Marshall Jr. Terrace, not Terrence. Uh, and sources uh, said, close to the BFB, that teams are impressed with his size, his length, his quickness, and his mis- mismatch ability. Uh, and he should go in one round one or two. He's been compared to Michael Thomas. Oh. And Chris Olave is our fifth pick at wide receiver been compared to Terry McLaurin. He's got quality height, speed to get downfield. He's six foot one, only 185 pounds. He's selected to go within the first three rounds of the draft. Honorable mentions, Marquez Stevenson from Houston, who's possibly the fastest in the draft. His pro comp is Marquise Brown. Rand Rondale Moore. This guy's a beast. He's been compared to Tyreek Hill, but a lot more aggressive. He's from Purdue. Kadarius Tony from Florida being compared to Percy Harvin Rashad Bateman this guy might be the steal of the draft he might be this year's Justin Jefferson he's from Minnesota he's a beast he's compared to Michael Thomas as well and Tylen Wallace Oklahoma State went to school Chubba Hubbard he's been compared to Nelson Aguilar Hmm. so this looks like to be a deep wide receiver class as well we'll see there's some exciting players coming out it's going to be fun to watch and yeah, draft. Look at, uh, I love a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. I take risks. <laughs> yeah, fuck. And that was the Puff Puff. Bring it around. No frills? No, no frills, no neighbor. I mean, that's a tough... It's a tough segment. No, no, so, no, 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 no. No, 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 no frills. Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough segment to go week, week for week because, I mean... A, championship week. It's not like you're playing anybody who's... Who you don't know. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but you know what? We'll save it for next year. Exactly. Trying to keep the pod and, short. Uh, 75% will be a tight end. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> Matt Stank's stats. Let's rip. Alvin Kamara tied an all-time NFL record with his six rushing touchdowns in a game on Christmas Day. He ties Hall of Famer Ernie Nevers of the Chicago Cardinals. He was the previous sole record holder with six touchdowns in 1929 against the Bears. Fucking timing. Crazy. <laughs> Justin Herbert recorded his 28th touchdown pass of the season. He now owns the record for most passing touchdowns by a rookie in NFL history, surpassing Baker Mayfield, who had 27 in 2018. 
Jarvis Landry missed his first game of his NFL career after being a high-risk close contact. He had never missed a game playing 110 out of 110 in his seven-year career, including earlier this season with cracked ribs. Guy, that's... And he tweeted, he just tweeted annoyed in all caps. Yeah, I think so. To get Uh. pulled out because of close contact? Travis Kelsey broke the NFL single season receiving record by a tight end. With 98 yards today, Kelsey, or on Sunday, Kelsey now has... 1,416 reception yards, surpassing George Kittle, whose previous record was 1,377 in 2018. I hope Kelsey plays Sunday. Build that record up even more. Yeah, why not? Why not? Build it up. Just get those, you know. Mahomes is sitting, though. Mahomes is sitting. Chad Henney. Chad Henney's (laughs) in. Aaron Donald now has 85.5 sacks in his first seven NFL seasons. In their first seven NFL years, the the list is number one, Demarcus Ware with 99.5, Hall of Famer Reggie White with 95.0, Aaron Donald with 85.5, and Hall of Famer Derek Thomas with 85.0. It's crazy. The Ravens have now rushed for 100 plus yards in 38 straight games, the longest streak in the NFL since 1948. The longest streak belongs to the 1974 1977 Pittsburgh Steelers, who had 43 straight. Huh. Led by Hall of Famer Franco Harris. And they just passed the 1973-1976 Buffalo Bills, who had 37 straight, led by your boy, Hall of Famer O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick passed the 182 passed for 182 yards in the fourth quarter coming off the bench. That's the most fourth quarter passing yards in a win by a non-starting quarterback since 2005. Sage Rosenfelds passed for 202 yards in the fourth quarter of a 24-23 win over the Bills, also for the Dolphins. Dolphins, listen to this. Now, the Dolphins can make the playoffs with a win this weekend, and they will have a top-five pick thanks to the Texans. I wondered if a playoff team would had ever had such a pick that high. Answer? Well, not since 2003. Let our friends at NFL Research explain. In the common era, draft era, there have been nine teams have a top five pick after making the playoffs in the prior season. Though there have actually been ten actual such picks because Washington had two top five picks in 2000 after making the playoffs in 99. The most recent top five pick was defensive tackle Dwayne Robertson at fourth overall by the Jets in 03. The Jets went 9-7 in 02 but acquired this draft pick in a draft day trade with the Bears who acquired three later picks, including one that became Rex Grossman. Ugh. In case you're wondering how Washington managed to get two picks in 2000, one, the number two overall, came in the 1999 Ricky Williams trade with the Saints, and the other, the number three overall, came in a February 2000 deal from the 49ers, who received four f- picks from the, from the Washington team, including two first-rounders. That's a lot of numbers. <laughs> Deshaun Watson reached 100 career passing touchdowns in his 53rd career game, which is the fifth fewest games by any quarterback since 1950. At fifth, it's it's uh, Watson at 53 games. At fourth, Johnny Unitas, Hall of Famer, at 51 games. At third, Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer, 50 games. Second, Dan Marino at 44 games. And then first is Pat Mahomes at 40 
Really? Nuts. Man. 100 pass touchdowns in 40 games. Mahomes is insane. Darren Waller is up to 96 receptions in 2020. Surpassing Todd Christensen's 95 receptions in 1986 for the Raiders franchise record by a tight end. Waller is actually 8 receptions shy of Hall of Famer Tim Brown's 104 for the all-time franchise record at any position. Devontae Adams has 17 receiving touchdowns. That's more than the Panthers at 16, Jets at 15, Washington at 14, Giants at 10, and Patriots at 8. (laughs) He's got a receiving touchdown in nine straight Sunday night football games, breaking a tie with Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. And he's the third player in NFL history with 100-plus catches and 16-plus touchdowns in a season. He has joined Chris Carter and Randy Moss, both in the Hall of Fame, as the only players to do it. Here's a fun thing. Josh Allen threw more touchdowns in Gillette Stadium tonight than Cam Newton has all season. Oh, my God. Four to two. Cam Newton, though, joined Hall of Famer Earl Campbell as the only number one overall pick in NFL history to have 70-plus career rush touchdowns. Hmm. And Gord's boy, Stephon Diggs, will enter Week 17 leading the NFL in both receptions and receiving yards. No veteran wide receiver since the 1970 merger has led the NFL in receiving yards and receptions in his first season with a new team. Coincidentally, DeAndre Hopkins is third in receiving yards and also on a new team. uh, Diggs has 120 uh, receptions and 1,459 yards. In the 51-year history of the AFC East, only three players have topped 110 receptions and 1,400 receiving yards in a single season. Diggs this year, Wes Welker in 2011, and in 1999, Marvin Harrison when Indianapolis was still part of the AFC East. And Mike Williams is the first player with an interception and a... Mike Will. Mike Will made it. Mike Will made it. With an interception and 50 yards receiving in in the same game since Keenan Allen did it in Week 16 of 2017, also for the Chargers. The last non-Chargers player to do it was Brian Dawkins, Week 4, 2002. And the 2020 season is the only NFL season in history to have at least one game occur on every single day of the week. Marty's milestone. (laughs) Two of them! Two of them! First one goes to our boy, the birthmark, Drew Brees. 8,000. First player in NFL history to throw for 8,000 career passing yards. First guy to do it. 8,000. 80,000. 80. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 8,000 is nothing. That's yeah, I, was I was like, that's a couple that's of years. That's Brandon Weeden numbers. 80,000. 80, yes. And our boy, Frank Gore, at 16,000 yards, joins Hall of Famer Emmett Smith, who had 18,355. And Hall of Famer Walter Payton, 16,726, as the only players in NFL history with over 16,000 career rush yards. Now, this is significant because he's out for Week 17 with a lung contusion. If his career is in fact over, what a ride. 16 seasons, 240 games played, most by any running back in NFL history, 9 1,000-yard seasons, third most rushing yards in NFL history, And he did it against my Browns last week. Not bad for a guy who tore his ACL twice in college. Mm -hmm. Frank Gore, baby. You know what to do. Because he's 
dead may never die. What is dead may never die. Mm. What rises again? Respect, <laughs> Frankie. Rises Respect, again. Frankie. Rises again. And that was the stats and those the milestones. Those are the dank stats. That was the last the stats of the year. Those are the last stats of the year. Although, we're not done. Oh. <laughs> because, Gord, I got a one-hitter stat of the week. Oh, okay. The Milwaukee Bucks had a 47-point win over the Miami Heat, which tried the largest, the third largest ever over a defending conference champion. Now, that's whatever. This is the crazy part. The Bucks had 12 different players make a three in the game, Ooh. which is the first time in a team in the NBA has 12 players with a three in a game. For context, each team can have a maximum 15 players, 13 of which can be active. Huh. 12 out of 13 fucking jacking threes. Nice. Oh, baby. Love it. Making it rain. Exactly. Raindrop. <laughs> Raindrop. <laughs> Raindrop. Okay. Well, that was the last tank stats of the year. And you know what this is. This is the last grinder of the year. It is. I'm on the grind all day until the sun goes down. Big man, my black is grinding all year round. I'm on the black with the cakes to stay until toes down. I'm on the grind. I'm on the grind all night till the sun comes down. Cash up in the cut, trying to make me a buck. I'm making moves, taking paper, cause I'm handling nothing. I'm on the grind. Nice, real nice. Man, you want to know who that who that is? Was that Snoop? That's Paul Wall. Paul Wall. Paul Wall. Paul Wall, baby. Grills. Let me see your grills. Featuring Freeway and Chris Chris Wall, his brother. (laughs) Nice family affair. (laughs) Oh man, the grinder. You know, it's a season-ending grinder, and and it's for a guy who who came out on top. At the end of this year, and that's <laughs> that's Bobby Big Time. Bobby Big Time. Bobby Big Time is the grinder. That's this, right. This year, he the ink was barely dry <laughs> on his draft team, <laughs> and he was making trades. Oh, fishing! Always fishing. a line in the water. Fishing, <laughs> working the wire, spending the money, getting it done. And and you got to give it to him. He had a great week. He beat me in the final, and uh, and that's what grinders do, man. That's what grinders do. They grind, <laughs> and and he he won, he won. It's a cool six hundred bucks, I think, in the Flyers League, five fifty maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but with the Flyers League, it does. You know, you win, but it comes with a punishment. You win, but you lose. You win, but you lose because now you have to chase every one of those guys around for that fifty bucks because you refuse to. You refuse to collect at the start of the year. Well, you know what? That's like the frustrating said, part. My 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 reasoning is I'm in a league where it's two hundred dollars and we don't pay till the end. So and everybody pays. But does the commissioner do the legwork? Commissioner says you can either send it to him or the other guy. That's it. And everybody it's a called the honor system. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it. Fuck. Honor system. Hey, I paid last year. I know you did. Johnny hounded me, but I fucking paid. I know, after he cried. Man. <laughs> Whatever. Man, he wouldn't leave me alone. Like, I'll pay. <laughs> fucking guy. Anyways, I'm happy Rob's got it. I know, me too. He did put in the work. What a poetic... Like, how poetic. A mentee beats his mentor. A little beats his big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's just... It's just 
I mean the couldn't happen to a nicer guy. No, yeah, and the the you know the Jedi becomes the master. Exactly. Right? Well, and he he works hard, but I know knowing Robbie, he also plays hard. <laughs> he knows what's up. song that features not only neo but also akon yes oh yeah certified hit okay well let's end the year with some tank casts and some forecasts not making new ones thank god we're reviewing we are reviewing do you want to hit it first well i didn't have a great year no on the on the fearless forecast and it is not easy no, it certainly Try is. Try it. <laughs> it is tough. Actually, we discussed before recording that I think next year I'm going to take on the Fearless and yeah. Gord will take on the Tank. Yeah. And uh didn't work out this week. Um, last week I said Lamar Jackson would have 210 pass yards past Teddy, 102 rush yards, two rush studies. He didn't. Um, he actually had under 200 pass yards, but he did have two pass studies. He only had 60 rush yards and a fumble. <laughs> so that's a loss uh, uh, and mark andrews versus the giants as well um i said would have 85 yards no tutty which i thought was very reasonable he had 76 yards no mm. tutty so i just missed out on that just. one bringing my record to 3 and 15 <laughs> and i'm just thankful that i don't have to predict anybody else ah fetuse <laughs> <laughs> beautiful Oh, shit. Well, I had wide receiver and running back. At wide receiver, I went Tyler Lockett against the Los Angeles Rams. I said that Lockett wouldn't catch more than four passes. He'd be held under 50. No scores. Check, check, and check. Uh, Let me eat that W like Jameis. At running back, I got Kareem Hunt against the New York Jets. I thought Hunt would have less than 40 yards rushing, less than 40 yards receiving, and no scores. Well, he only had 11 yards rushing, but he did have 41 yards receiving. And a touchdown. So that means Marty takes a hit to the record and adds another one to the loss column. So with all that said and done, uh, that leaves me with easily my best tank cast record in the past three years. A respectable 9-9. 500 season, oh baby. A small glimmer of happiness and positivity in an otherwise womp womp fantasy season for old Maddie. (laughs) I attribute this tank turnaround to the positive affirmations that I've been saying to myself each and every morning to start my day i am smart i am blessed i can do anything i i am smart i am blessed i can do anything i am smart i am blessed i can do anything i am smart i am blessed i can do I can do anything. I put my mind to it. Oh, just a positivity, right? Not a nice Positivity, man. That's all you got to think about. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, we'll see what happens next year. Maybe the tank's easier to predict. We don't know. I don't know. I, I need something, though. 
Need a change. But uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. Okay, moving on to Buds and Duds for week 16. Uh, go buds? Yeah, we can rip the Buds. Okay. Um, quarterback Bud of the Week, uh, my boy Josh Allen. Um, 36 points for the kid. Uh, had a great year all year. Um, reliable start. Give it to him. What did he have? 40. 320 passing yeah. yards, four pass touchdowns, and 35 rush yards. Give it to the kid. <laughs> Wide receiver, <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Oh, yeah. Buffalo been connection. About, been talking about him all week. Mm. Uh, 36 points, um, 143 yards, and three tutties. Got to get Nikki, Bills Mafia member Nikki. Yes. In, uh, in a nice blue Stephon Diggs 14 oh, jersey. Nice blue. Ooh, or the yeah. red. I don't even mind the red Ooh. either. Color rush? No? I don't mind it. I don't no. mind it. Um, running back, Alvin Kamara. You have to. Um, yeah. Six tutties on the ground. 57 points. Standard scoring. Wild. Yeah. Give it to the kid. Um, record-breaking day. Tight end. Um, <laughs> quietly, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> oh yeah uh free agent did he Eight, catch two 18 points um yeah 469 two was his line wow. great day uh second quietly rob gronkowski um posts uh two scores in that game as well um 58 yards and two receiving tutties so good on you good on him i guess good job right? playing the detroit lions d yeah well, at Duds, I've got quarterback Tua Tugavaloa, quarterback Alabama, against the Las Vegas Raiders, 8.8 points. Tua completed 17 of 22 attempts for 94 yards and only one score in the Dolphins' week win, week 16 win against the Raiders. Now, despite completing 77% of his passes, he couldn't generate any momentum and was pulled. Uh, he had two completions, actually, that went over 10 yards. Couldn't deliver anything downfield. Ryan's, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> comes in and in the final minutes of the game, double Miami's score instantly. Uh, so interesting to see what the Finns will do uh, this week against the Bills. They win, they're in the playoffs. Do you stick with two of the whole time? Oh, I think you gotta, gotta be go, a short leash. Gotta go Fitzy, I think. I think so. A wide receiver at dud is Marvin Jones Jr. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 1.9 points. Targeted three times in a game that saw the Lions lose Matt Stafford to an ankle injury in the first quarter. Chase Daniel and David Blah both <laughs> ended up seeing time at QB. Uh, brutal for Jones, who went into the week with a favorable matchup against Bucks cornerback uh, Carlton Davis, who was sidelined. So Jones Jr. has been basically the definition of feast or famine for fantasy owners. He's garnered 10 or more targets in four of his last seven outings. But just 17 targets total in the three games that he didn't. <laughs> hmm. And at running back, Todd Gurley against the Kansas City Chiefs, five points. He had four carries in the game. Four. 16 yards total. He had three catches for 34 yards. Both Ito Smith and Brian Hill outtouched him. And it's the fifth time this season that Gurley has been held to less than eight carries. Eight carries or less. It's quite possible week 17 will be his last in a... Uh, Atlanta uh, Falcons uniform. Uh, so it raises the question, will he even have a spot on anyone's 53-man roster coming in the new year? I think he will, but I think he's going to have to take a backup. That role. knee is in a bad place, man. I don't yeah. know. And at tight end, Robert 
baby kid, Otanian, against the Tennessee Titans, 1.7 points, held to one catch for 17 yards. It ended a five-game scoring streak for Bobby T, uh, but he's also hasn't topped 39 yards in four straight games. Go figure. Hmm. He did have an end zone target that he couldn't come down with, but this was an otherwise quiet night, mainly due to the red zone looks that uh, your boy Devontae Adams was getting in his big three-touchdown game. And those are the duds for the week. We're going to rip quickly through the leagues. Now the N40L. We have a champion, the Strathcona Coronas. Congrats again, Andy. Mm-hmm. Gregor Bowl champion, region adjectives. But the bigger part that fi- got figured out is the draft order. At the fir- at the one spot is John, who I did have a side bet with. We bet a round of golf on that matchup. I lost. So I will be paying for him. <laughs> 18 full holes at Professor Wems. Yeah. <laughs> or if he prefers the outdoor Siba Beach pitch and putt. Yes. <laughs> so he's got first, I've got second, Stu's third, Johnny four, Gord fifth, Nigel sixth, Feldy seventh, Kellen eight, Scott nine, Shane ten, Chris eleventh, and Andrew twelfth. Here are some records set in the N40L this season. The longest streak, longest win streak. Oh no, it's too small can't see i don't know we're just gonna have to guess this i these didn't Let's translate and go all the way through weird oh it's the way she goes sometimes this is the this is the pod business you know unless this works oh this might work here we go we figured it out thanks ted thanks teddy okay so in the league this year some records that were set the longest uh winning streak belongs to the Valley View Vices who had seven, but the Strathcona Corona is tied it at seven. Uh, the most team points this season in a single week belong to the Cowtown Killas who put up 198.62 against the region, region adjectives. Crazy. Most points from offensive players belonged also to the Cowtown Killers. Same matchup. 168 came from offensive players. So that doesn't include D or kicker. Least points from offensive players, which is even crazier. Johnny against Shane in week 13 only got 31.2 from offensive players. So, holy. Most points from drafted players, single week all time. Again, the Cowtown Killers, 184 against region adjectives in week two. Most touchdowns in a single week all time happened in championship weekend, week 16. The Coronas put up 14 touchdowns. Against the Linwood Butt Pirates. Crazy. That'll help you win a championship. And passing yards, the most in a single week all time belong to my Beverly Blazers against Kellen's Kittens in week four with 539. Johnny and Gord tied with 53 moves on the season. <laughs> and the least amount was Stu at 12. <laughs> Hardest strength of schedule in the N40L belonged to the Beverly Blazers. <laughs> Whose opponents averaged 105.71 points. The easiest strength of schedule belonged to the Cowtown Killas, whose opponents averaged 95.60. In the Triple F, champion, Bobby, Bobby, big, Bobby, Bobby big, big time. time, the the River City Rough Riders. Yeah, he took me down. Got to give it to him. And loser bowl champions standing strong are the Grosvenor Gluttons. Yes. The draft order in the Triple F. One, Nick. Two, Johnny. Three, Clark. Four, Chris. Five, Graham. Six, Peyton. Seven, Matt. Eight, Stu. Nine, John. 
10 Kessel, 11 Gord, and 12 Robbie. Now, this league has been only going on for two seasons, so a lot more records were set this year. We'll rip through them. All-time longest losing streak now belongs to Graham, better than the Jets at 10. Oh. All-time single-week largest margin of victory belongs to Kessel and his Bell Reeve Bulldogs, who beat Graham and his Jets by a margin of 120.9. Holy shit. All-time single-week smallest margin of victory the Rundle Ramosas Woo! against the Grosvenor Gluttons, 0.16 in week five. <laughs> Most points in a single week all time, Nine Rivers and Counting against Clark in his Pity Falls, 199.52 in week three. The most all-time touchdowns in a single week belong to Kessel against the Jets, 14 in one week. Most passing yards in a single game belong to Nine Rivers against Clark in his... his uh, Pity Foles, 793. Jesus. Two quarterbacks, baby. Woo! And most receiving yards all time in a game, it was the Bell Reeve Bulldogs, Kessel, against Clark again, 671. The least receiving yards all time in a single game, Stu's team. <laughs> the Trouser Snakes had 56. Oh, my God. With three receivers, 56 against Grosvenor Gluttons. Most moves, that honor goes to C-Rob. Least moves... Oh, C-Rob had 35. Least moves, Kessel was 6. <laughs> Hardest strength of schedule, the Rundle Ramosas. Oh, Opponents baby. averaged 133.67 against you. Oh, what? 133 <laughs> points? Yeah. And I came in second? <laughs> Woo, baby. Suck it. And easiest strength of schedule, Kenny Banyas. Opponents averaged 111.89 against you. Hmm. And those are the leagues, baby. Yeah. Fuck. Well, I don't really even have story time. You know what? This whole episode was a story. Exactly. It was an adventure. Yeah. I can't talk anymore. No. I'm tired. We're good. And uh, it's been a great season. Hell of a season. Um, glad to have you guys around. Glad you're anybody's listening. Yeah, honestly, like, yeah, we joke about it all the time, but like... We obviously we wouldn't do it if we was just the two of us, right? <laughs> so we thank everybody for tuning in, giving us the time, uh, sending in questions. Always appreciated. Um, I know everybody's life's busy, and the fact that you guys make mm-hmm. time to fucking listen to us Blabble. yammer <laughs> for two to three hours at a time <laughs> is nuts. Yeah. So we just want to say we appreciate it. I think it's done wonders for the league. I think it's done wonders for. Mm-hmm. Our friendships, really. It's kept totally. us in close contact. So, yeah. Um, great season, boys. And uh, I guess we'll see you next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.